0: hello everybody welcome to a new episode of the min max show place about games friends getting better thank you all for being here big episode hot episode red hot don't touch your phone my name is ben hansen i'm joined by kyle hilliard hello i'm here joined by janet garcia
1: hello it's time
0: it is truly time today jeff Markiafava.
2: I'm not here. I live in space now.
0: Only in space. Uh, and then we are joined by returning champion Jenna Stever!
3: Hello, recording live from my mech, which I designed to look exactly like my
0: office. <laughs> Very shrewd. Yes. Uh, Jenna, you were, uh, you were gone for one week and then we dragged you back in. So sorry for only the brief respite from all
4: things Minmax.
3: It doesn't feel like a week. It feels like I've been gone for years. Like I've just come back from the war. (laughs) The work that you've been playing
4: uh, Starfield, I think, is what happened.
3: Yeah, it's because of that and Armored Core. My Mm. sense of time is so warped.
4: Oh,
0: perfect. All right. Yeah, in this episode, we're going to be talking about Starfield, diving in there. Uh, We're going to be talking about Sea of Stars. If you like sci-fi, this is the episode for you, because Sea of Stars is that new indie RPG. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about Armored Core 6, and then back half of the show, we have community questions, of course. Uh, Jenna, it's weird. I haven't talked to you since um, I got back, and then I nah. uh, kicked you out the door. <laughs> uh, but thank you for filling in, uh, production-wise, and on the podcast many times for those two months. All right. Pop quiz, hotshot. Um, best part. <laughs> Jesus. Best part and worst part of filling in for those two months.
3: Oh, that's a good question. The best part was definitely just having like a place where I could sit every week and talk to other people who love games about games. Right, right. Uh, Because that is just like, I mean, it's a thing I have piecemeal, but it's a thing that I really miss from working at at, like a company is like getting to sit and talk to other people who just like really love games about how much we all love games.
0: Yeah, because you miss Uh, so much nuance just if you're just reading Twitch chat or just scrolling Twitter. It's like it's better to mm -hmm. unpack it in a group discussion, you know?
3: Yeah, that live that live energy. I missed that. The no. thing I liked least is uh, well, I'll say the moment bef- that there was a second during this recording before you started to do the opening spiel where I was yeah. like don't start talking yet I have to click this button <laughs> where it's just like, <laughs> like inherent inherent um, very 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 minor but non-existent anxiety about going live on the internet which mm-hmm. uh, despite I I will never fully get over so there was a moment where I was like oh god what button do I have to press I don't have the interface open. it was like an entire dream where you arrive at school for a test that you haven't studied yep. for it was like that in one second
0: <laughs> oh i know that feeling well this is why we try to be uh very um comforting to all guests on the podcast that you don't got to do anything there's no local record you jump on your phone I love you don't, the no local yeah, don't I worry hate about recording one locally. thing do you do that for kind of funny? Stop
1: offering to be honest
0: yeah uh hey let's dive into the meat of this huge episode. Uh, first of all, if you're listening to that rundown and you said, where's the Super Mario Wonder? Do these people not have Wonder left in their lives? Um, we do. Just as of the time of this recording, we haven't watched that direct yet. So if you want to hear and uh, see more about Super Mario Wonder, uh, you can watch our reaction stream. It should be on MinMax's YouTube channel right now. You can watch our minds being blown by all that stuff. Also, fun thing, Jeff. Am you ready for this? I'm ready. Try to contain your excitement about this. Uh, Since this is kind of an Xbox-focused episode with Starfield being uh, the big game of the week and all this fun stuff, uh, we want to do a Xbox code giveaway. So here's how this works, everybody. If you support MinMax on Patreon at any tier, even the $2 tier, uh, this is just for new or returning supporters, keep in mind. But if you support MinMax on Patreon, you want to help support independent games media this Thursday, the 31st, or Friday the 1st, You will be sent an Xbox code. We have, let me squint, 220 Xbox games to give away. So I guess technically the first 220 people to support us on Patreon or return to support us on Patreon on Thursday or Friday. We will message you a code uh, via the Patreon message system. So if you've been on the fence for a while, you've been enjoying our content for a while, you want to unlock some benefits and get a sweet Xbox code, this is your chance, everybody. So patreon.com slash minmax with two ends. Jeff, you've, you've been managing those codes. You've seen that pile of Xbox codes, right? it's huge it's ridiculous um okay let's get to the good stuff here the big game everybody wants to hear the big review about Jeff um, everybody went to switch
2: here we go kick it off what do we got <laughs> uh n- no one ever no one ever redeemed that one that was one of my parting wishes is Jeff has to review everybody went to switch goodbye and then, you I saw know, it and, it. then um. and then no one else mentioned it or like tried to force me to do it, so I just quietly... <laughs>
4: I played it if you want me good. to talk about it. Hey, I, I well, feel
2: like people don't want to hear about it. Save it for the 210. <laughs> it's the save it for the 210. 24 hours before Starfield comes out. Yeah, let's, let's delay talking about Starfield for another 20 minutes can we talk about everybody want to switch. We can't. Starfield! Uh, one of the biggest games
0: of the year. Right up there with Zelda, I'd say. Well, now I guess Baldur's Gate 3. It's kind of this, uh, this trilogy of humongous games. But this thing is coming out very soon technically September 1st for people who have the what, special edition all that stuff and then September 6th for the standard edition but we've all been playing it obviously Asterisk Asteroid more like Kyle Hilliard is, uh, this is a huge game there's still a nope, lot that we can unpack Okay, sure. Uh, there's a lot that we can <laughs> unpack in future episodes so this is in the vein of first impressions-ish but Janet based on the way you're talking about it have you played the most of this thing where are you at
1: Maybe I've rolled credits for hours.
0: Whoa, wait, and how long? Forty-four really? hours. Wow, yeah. wow, interesting. Are were you kind of mainliney?
1: I mainlined mostly, but I did have to spend an entire day doing side content to grind from level thirteen to level twenty. Um, so okay. I did a good amount of side content. I also spent a long time grinding for currency to pay off the mortgage of my house. Um, so I would say you could probably mainline it if you really just mainlined it and knocked it down to easy. Maybe like in, I've been hearing from the streets, like 20-ish hours. Really? Um, a lot of people that I know that finished it and played more naturally are in that high 30s, 40s. Okay. Uh, people that really go in the weeds have gone as high as like 80 for the review cycle. Um, sure. But I'm at 44 credits rolled.
0: Nice. Wow. Okay.
2: Um. And then Jeff, how much have you played? I'm about 24, 25 hours in, and I've done nothing. Yeah, buddy. All right, full spectrum. We got
0: it. Um, I'm still pretty early as well. I'm maybe like five or six hours. I know it's embarrassing. Forgive me, please. Uh, Kyle, I know you're not a big Bethesda guy. I feel like we're kind of in that same camp, so I'm curious how much you've played.
4: Uh, nine hours, which nine I'm hours? learning apparently is half the game wow. <laughs> the sprint? i feel i There's feel like i've done nothing many, yeah
1: like main missions in it, right technically i've been
4: i've been sticking with the constellation stuff almost exclusively Yeah. just as a me which is how i always approach any open world game is like i got to stay on the main path for a while just to learn everything yeah. and get yeah. some stuff so that's kind of how i've been i'm still sort of mainlining it right now
0: yeah because i feel like your thing is you hate unlocking like cool abilities and stuff later on and realizing oh i could have had that while i was oh, doing all those side quests uh, and stuff yeah,
2: yeah. he said big open world no straight line right right, I, right to the right to the I, finish in my brain i cut you off after
4: you said you hate unlocking cool <laughs> abilities and i was like what? what have i ever said that but yeah no i don't like bashing my head against a puzzle and then a few hours later realizing oh i just needed to unlock that thing and i could have okay yeah so anyway yeah. uh and then jenna how much have you played
0: I'm I'm comparable
3: with Kyle. I'm about, I'm okay. somewhere in the like eight, eight or nine hour kind Sweet. of period. Uh, and I'm so amused that y'all feel like you haven't done anything. Cause I also feel like, I feel like I've spent eight hours doing what? Doing what?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that is a question. Um, Fast okay. traveling. Here, okay, let's try and get a rough sense of where everybody's at enthusiasm-wise. This is, it could take forever to go one by one. So let's all make a pitch. The higher the pitch, the more you like it. And then also let's visualize it with your hand and the camera meter for your enthusiasm for this thing. Okay, so it's like, oh, is the lowest. And then Mm -hmm. so high pitch you can't even hear it. Okay, so three, two, one, where's everybody at with Starfield? (laughs) E. Ooh, ooh. Okay, we got a monkey squeal from Jeffum. <laughs> Janet, you've played the most. Was that the mm-hmm. lowest note coming from you? Yeah. Ooh. Oh. What? Okay, what's going on, Janet?
1: It's, like, it is either technically good, like, maybe a seven. I think maybe Whoa. even, like, a six out of ten if I had to give a score to what it. What um, hell? Which is funny because I hate scoring on podcasts, so I don't know why I gave a score. When no one asked me, but um, it, I think... There is a lot. So I think the most impressive thing about this game or the most interesting thing is the scale and how many systems um, exist. Right. You can do, you know, ship edits. You can like be a drug dealer. You can, you know, join these different factions. You can have a house. You can cook. You can craft. You can have an outpost. But I don't think the game does a very good job. um, explaining any of those systems and making them interesting or incentivizing them. Like, why would I do any of these things? Like, there's not really, you know, oh, you can, you can scan and learn about the world, but it's like, mm, you can scan like four plants three times over to like fill the meter. You know, everything kind of either is confusing or falls flat. I think there's a lot of um, repetition in the questline structure. I think there is a lot of dullness in the persuasion system. I think the romance is incredibly flat. Like, So many bits of this just don't hit. And it really surprised me because there was so much, I think, hype going into this and expectation. And I just feel like this was fine. Like, I felt about this the way I feel about, like, Far Cry games. Like, new Far Cry games. Where it's like, okay, it's like something to do. And, like, I guess. um, I will say, (laughs) without getting too ahead of myself, the and and without spoiling the ending, I think the last few quest lines really do kind of elevate, and I'm like, I see so much potential in Starfield, but I don't really get any delivery from it, personally. That's interesting. The, fr- the phrase, it's
3: something to do, is such damning with faint praise. Yeah, like, that,
0: that is incredible. horrifying. Like, you say, oh, it's like a, a <laughs> Far Cry, but it's like, you know, I, I have enjoyed Far Cries in the past, and I'll still check them out, and that, I I do get the kind of that exhaustion, but at least for this, I think just the, the sci-fi premise is really, really working for me. Like, just in the early hours, at least, like, I am already filled with a sense of wonder about space. And I feel like, hey, you know what? By and large, mission accomplished there. Like, they just... They know they know their space porn pretty darn well. <laughs> you know what when you're like going through a, a warp drive, the grav drive warp mm-hmm. and all that stuff and they like bring out the little console in the ships and you see them pressing the buttons and that funky old 70s UI pops up as you're going through the grav warp like that is just so satisfying and my favorite little thing is just like the sounds of the ships it's such a specific mm-hmm. thing in sci-fi but like hearing just kind of the creaking and moaning of a big ship in space I am such a sucker for it. Like, what really turned me around on that was um there's that movie, which is, you know, not a 10 out of 10 film, but First Man, the movie about Armstrong that came out a couple of years ago. That also nailed just, like, the sounds of these big steel ships. Like, when in space is just so overbearing and cool for putting you in a certain mood. Jeff, I know you're a sci-fi dork, too. I, I'm curious how high yeah. that pitch went for you, man.
2: Yeah, it is. it is – I am very much enjoying it, but I I won't I refuse to refute anything that that Janet says. And it is like my biggest caveat, I guess, talking about this is it's a through and through Bethesda game. And yeah. it's like they have such a specific formula to their games. And if it if it doesn't click with you or if you fall out of it, like it's it's been, it's been a weird <laughs> if journey. you fall out of it. Okay, I didn't mean that, but yes, I, I see retroactively. I apologize retroactively for Thank that. Thank you. But it, it's, it's been a weird journey for me because I feel like as I've been playing it, I've been enjoying it so much, but I've also been wondering like, how is this fundamentally different from my experience with Borderlands, which I have fallen out of so much? Um, and just like, and, and and yet a lot of the formula is the same. Like I am just, I'm walking around these facilities and I am, like hoarding every item and, you know, loot that I can find. And for some reason, that's still very satisfying for me uh, in Bethesda's formula. But I can totally understand if if people do find it boring or do find it, you know, something to do. But there's so much so, more than just a Borderlands game. But sorry, go ahead, Jenna.
3: So I'm a, I'm a diehard Fallout fan, uh, ride or die. Love it. I'm still playing Fallout 76. Bless my heart. <laughs> uh, and, and one of the things I struggle with um, Starfield is that, like... Because, like, I do love that thing in Bethesda games where it is just like you're walking around, you're looting, your pockets are full of just every piece of garbage you can mm-hmm. find. Uh, <laughs> and you're going to all melt it down to make yourself a cool hat later or whatever. Like, the, the feedback loop that Bethesda has for their games I find very satisfying. But I have str- been struggling a little bit with Starfield because I think aesthetically... It does so little for me. Whereas the Fallout games are like, I think yeah. a very fun post-apocalyptic setting. They're a little bit snarky. They're a little bit self-aware. Uh there, there's a lot of character in them. Whereas I feel like Starfield I've been struggling with, because it's like, I don't, Sarah, I don't care about you. I'm sorry. Like, I don't <laughs> care about these people. The there's so little, I don't know vibrancy in the world Mm -hmm. like i I think it probably i'm 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 fascinated to see the extent to which it appeals to y'all as sci-fi fans but like there's it just feels very empty and dry
4: Mm. have you have you met the character who has a daughter with him
3: no not yet
4: i would i would highly suggest uh hanging out with that guy and following him around if you like fallout
3: okay
5: interesting
4: there's there's a Fallout planet, basically. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to go there.
0: I'll send my outpost I, I, yeah, up there. Yeah, really, truly. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if part of that problem, Jenna, is just, like, because they're biting off so much here with so many different planets and so many different environments, so it's tough to have, like, as concrete of a vibe as the Fallout series in particular, right? Is that part of the connection gap for I, you?
3: That, that certainly might be part of it. It's so hard to pinpoint it, because, again, again, I haven't seen the fullness of the game. Sure. But, like... It does, it does feel like every single outpost could be an outpost on any world. So it does feel like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of worlds, but like, in what way are they differentiated? In what way is there like a different culture to them? Like, like the Fallout games had the benefit of being able to rip off, you know, American culture from the 50s in order to give it some flavor and give it some vibe. And just Starfield doesn't have anything there to replace that.
0: Well, I'm sure, again, early impressions. You know, I'm sure with this big of a game, once you can soak in the cultures of different cities, maybe it'll pop a little bit more. But, like, the the first big city you go to, was it New Amsterdam? Is that the the name of it? It's like, okay, I kind of had some. New Atlantis. New Atlantis. I'm sorry. Thank you. Much better than Amsterdam. Um, but yeah, it, it had a little bit of like landing on the Citadel vibes from Mass Effect. And part of it, I'm sure was like the music, but I was very excited to start running around that environment and start to try and soak in like what is happening with this world. And at least so far where I'm at, like they've planted enough little seeds that don't seem obnoxious, but just like weird sci-fi ideas. Like I think somebody in the Constellation building at some point is like, oh, it's been a lot quieter here since Vladimir went to go live on the eye full time. Like... I'm looking forward to learning what living on the eye means.
4: That sounds like a cool sci-fi idea no matter what. So at least I feel like there's, those... there's also an early seed planted, like truly not a spoiler because I don't know where it's at, but like the fate of earth is like in question, mm. which is like really interesting. And that's been like the most
2: hooky thing for me. I'm like, what's going on there? Yeah, I want to yeah. leave
0: that ambiguous for what's going on on earth. Exactly. Cause I think it's a fun thing to go discover, but what were you going to say? Yeah.
2: Another one of the seeds from an early mission is there, they're talking about like the Xeno Wars and the and this idea that uh, like the 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 Red Devils is is this mercenary group that would take over the minds of alien creatures and use those to fight. And you eventually run into a guy who who used to be it, and he's like, "Yeah, boy, I would certainly love if the Red Devils came back, but I don't see that happening." And it's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that in mind. It's it 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 has. I I will say like I think. I think the I think the intro and the beginning of the game is not great. I'm I'm right there with you on Sarah. Just like the most I get from her is is she she constantly shames me for all the stuff that I'm picking up. <laughs> yeah. Oh like, yeah. Why does, Why does everyone such a drunk? goody goody in this game? You take <laughs>
1: yeah. I'll take a napkin. They're like that's not ours. Shut up.
4: Limit. I got arrested <laughs> for stealing a bunch of sliders at a, at a club on Neon. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "Those are some good looking burgers." And this cop I just showed snow. up out of nowhere and was like, I, "Put those burgers back."
1: I spent so much time on Neon. Um, I also, yeah,
4: uh, the the cyberpunk planet. I, I like. Yeah, one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah I, I do think the. I've been so looking forward to this era that by the time you guys are listening to this are now in of embargo being up because yeah. I do think the spread on this game is going to be massive. Like, I think mm, yeah. it could it could swing really low. It could swing really high. It could be totally mm. in the middle, like with some people being really cold on it and some people being really hot on it. And then it's going to be like a, a discourse hellscape. And I've <laughs> been I'm not looking forward to the hellscape yeah, part of it with like the console woriness of the Internet. But even from critical discourse and podcasts, I think. People are going to have really different feelings on this game. It seems like it's going to be really polarizing, I think.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you
1: mentioned one thing I wanted to talk about which is the music.
2: Oh, so good. Cuz I think
3: the mu- it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the only thing where I'm like it, when I'm playing Fallout game all I'm doing is listening to the the soundtrack cuz I just yeah. like 40s 50s jazz standard stuff, but like the the orchestral music in this game is insanely good. It's so lush and triumphant mm-hmm. and like captures the vibe so well.
0: Yeah, and I do think, even though Sarah Morgan isn't my favorite character ever, I do think, like, all the performances I've heard so far have been really good. Uh, you know, it's yeah. like a combo of, like, the music and the voice where it's like, all right, and honestly, I'm playing on Xbox um, Series X, and I'm like, I, maybe I was bracing for impact, but I do think it looks better than I was expecting, at least. I definitely was going into this being like, all right, Bethesda Engine, a little long in the tooth, I get it, I get it, I get it. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Faces aren't bad. Like, I, the world looks great. Uh, I, I'm into it. And especially when you're in the ship flying around, like, that just looks... So good. But to go back to that the Sarah Morgan thing, the most compelling thing about her for me so far is like, you know, you're brought into this Constellation group and she's running through the rules. And I thought it was really funny. They have a whole scene where you can talk to her and she's like, look, you're part of this group, but like we want to give her your freedom. Whatever you got to do out there in space, we're kind of a <laughs> no judgment type of group because everyone kind of plays by their own rules. And we understand that. We understand that. So like they're trying so hard to give the player the ability to be like, you're part of a group, but... You're not representing the group necessarily. Go have fun. I was like, okay. Yeah, so I yeah. went and mm-hmm. uh, landed on uh, Titan, uh, the moon, and then found like a, another ship out there and just took this cool-looking ship, which is like the best part of the game for me so far, is just finding a ship, getting in it. And it's like, this is just mine now? I can just fly with this because I murdered everybody? <laughs> this is awesome. So I got in the ship, and there was like another uh, ship flying by, and I'm like, well, i got to test out this new ship. So I just unloaded everything on this random ship And Sarah Morgan lost her mind. She was so outraged. And so then later on when we landed, she's like, I don't even want to talk to you. She's like, you are a disgrace to Constellation. What have you done? You can't (laughs) act like this. And then the main mission is bringing me to Mars. Uh, And then I don't know what it's like for everybody else, but like I landed on Mars and they're like, right to prison, buddy. What you've been doing is out of line, no way out. And now you need to join this group or you won't be able to escape the prison. I'm like, I'm not joining your group, screw you. And so that has already been a fun divergence of just like, well, I made one decision to unload on this ship and now I need to ride with it. And now it seems like one of the main NPCs hates my guts for it, but I don't care. I'm sticking with it, you know? Someone
1: told me getting arrested is the most interesting thing that you can do. They're like, get arrested by the United Colonies. Yeah. Okay, cool and then I didn't because I'm like I don't want to because also too like I don't want to play that way necessarily yeah. and well, I think sure. one of my frustrations and granted like people could argue this is me being backseat developer or projecting my own desires onto what the game is but you know booting it up and getting to choose these different backgrounds I was so excited about the backgrounds and the skills and all that and I kind of crafted my character to be like like I got my house as one of my like trait things I got my um I was like I had like the chef characteristic, like my background was I used to be a chef and I got to like the gastronomy or whatever characteristic of the food one. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to be a space chef pirate. Like, I can't wait. I'm going to lean into it. This is going to be my thing. I'm going to cook. And I tried really hard to lean into that. And I felt like, and granted, that's a very specific vision and I get that. But I feel like there wasn't really a lot to facilitate leaning into those kind of aspects like i also took empath and i you know sometimes you get a convo option that's like the empath one and i'm like sounds hard and they're like you're so nice you know and that's cool (laughs) but like with the like food for instance and again this is getting into the the weeds a bit like it takes so long to skill tree level up where food can even do anything health-wise that i'm like i really was investing in some of these things just to like well let me see what i can do with it And I felt like the answer was not much, and I constantly kind of felt that with some of the additional systems that I had offering to me. Like, I tried really hard to get into the outpost stuff, and, like, I could not for the life of me figure out how to, like, use the cargo transport to, like, go directly to my ship because my ship wouldn't land by the outpost. And it's, like, what what, – it's, like, stuff like that where I'm, like – and then also – What exactly is the purpose other than that one side quest that wants 3,000 pounds of copper? Like, do I really need to even be crafting anything? And the answer is kind of no. And I feel like I constantly was hitting these metaphorical walls with there's so many things you can do. And yet it's all just like nothing.
3: I noticed. Okay. Yeah. I have a couple of things to say. I'm trying to prioritize. I chose the sculptor route because I was like a space sculptor. That sounds so cool, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I, yeah, I was so delighted by it. I was so tempted by the chef route, but I was like, sculptor Hell is yes. something I have never seen in a game, sci-fi, Bethesda, whatever, any game. I've never had the option to be like a sculptor. That is such an interesting concept and flavor to bring to us. But it has absolutely, like, it was just like, oh, you get these three skills to start off with. Yeah. That's really all it means. And that's like, It's one of those things where it's like, maybe that is me putting my expectations right on what this game is. But if the game says you get to choose this background of a sculptor, Mm -hmm. I expect that to kind of mean something. And that was frustrating. There's also the outpost building which is one of those things where it's like as soon as it started i was like oh this is like building a camp in fallout that's really fun i love building a camp in fallout you have so many absolutely bizarre options that you can do to build it and make it really flavorful and in fallout 76 i love wandering around and finding other players camps and being like wow look at this bizarre stuff that you've done uh but boy is the base building in this game so functional and yeah. so boring. Like, it, the the aesthetic options are so minor. And it's like, you get a lot of, you you get like, oh, you can mine. You can mine the, the moon for iron. Isn't that fun? And I'm like, no,
1: it's not. It's and then not like, what do I need the iron for? And I know you can do things with the iron, but mm-hmm. it's also not really clear what I would be doing with it. Like, typically when you have crafting in games, there's like a really, I feel like clear visions that you can execute on. And while there are things you can make, like if you go into the like your spaceship and you go into like the bench like there's so many workbenches and things to tinker with but then it's like where is this leading me and I know part of it is the onus of the player to like engage with what you want to engage with but there also needs to be like an aspect of tutorialization and facilitation of allowing me to engage like I want to engage with your systems and I feel like you don't really Make it easy for me to do it. Even like having a house, like I got the house thing out the gate, paid off the mortgage, was psyched. Like hell yeah! And I de- and not gonna lie, my house looks good. Okay, I'm like decorating oh, that thing. Like, I spent a lot of time working on my office and just building what I what you see on camera. But in in um, I was gonna say Fallout in Starfield, but <laughs> cool. even stuff like that like ends up like you could have done so much more with it. Like I can't even like invite people over to my house. Like mm. th- like there's just it's well so many spots that are just so frustrating combined with like the most egregious menu system I've seen in years and I know (laughs) you're going to be in the menus but oh my god am I like so constantly turned around
0: it is funny like you look at the, the UI is very distinct and it's like this game is going to be so big this UI will eventually become iconic and nostalgic for legions of gamers. Yeah. But right now, jumping into it, it's like, I, I appreciate it for, like, the kind of clunky 70s look, but there definitely are times where it's like, where's just the map? Can I get a functional it's map a pa- of this town? Can, where is there's it? No,
1: there's no way to... You have to memorize the entire game layout. There's no way to know no. even where a store is. I spent, like, minutes and hours looking for... Can I buy health packs somewhere? And it's like, where do I know is there's medicine? Right. I think the basement of Neon, but I'm not sure. And it's going to take me a while to get there. And that happens all the time. Ammo system, it's all specifically written out. Can I just do a buy all ammo? There's like so many spots where there's not quality of life aspects, specifically on console. I have heard from PC players that mm. it's a little bit. Okay. Since you have like a mouse, like it's not as... Some of those things are a little bit less painful, but it's a lot of... menus and fast traveling and clicking and going back out and then I go to my inventory and it's pat your head and rub your stomach a lot of times with like the management (laughs) of where you're going or how to put anything away.
0: I always hit like the select equivalent you know on the xbox controller to try and go to the map and it's like oh no this is just to change the view and it's cool that there's like two different layers of third person now and i do like flying around in third person in space and stuff Same. but it is like can i just remap that to put the map on that it's like no, no. you can remap a lot of the buttons you can't remap that that is always going to be changed perspective which was surprising
3: my kingdom is, is there a my map king, Ooh, oh. my kingdom yes. for a button to escape the inventory immediately like right. I, every time i hit the map i hit escape to leave the UI interface and it's like, oh, you wanted to go back a level. Oh, you want to see the planet? Oh, you want to see? Yes. And I'm like, no, I want to leave. <laughs> well, and then,
4: I think I, I, you can hold down the back button.
3: I know I can, but, but you just, know what? That's not a thing in, in any other game.
4: Yeah. But it's also one of those things that they just don't <laughs> tell you. Like it, 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 it both, I, I respect the lack of tutorialization because like, I would also be complaining in another universe if it was like oh there's too many tutorials i don't i, I won't let me fly but it's like then the alternate which is like i don't even know what the answer is but there's there's not a lot of tutorialization like uh talking with folks at game informer like we we're all having talking about the game and stuff and someone was like i have just been going into my menu and equipping weapons individually every time i need to change oh weapons. no I, I didn't realize like that, the favorite no. system the favorite yeah like why can't i
1: aim and then swap out my weapons yes, it is why when i lo- run out of ammo do you not automatically switch to a gun like yeah i feel like and i you know i already knew like when i was playing this i'm like oh no i'm gonna have to be like the person that like Hate Starfield. Like, I hate (laughs) to have to be that person on like shows because it's annoying. Like, I don't like having to be that person every time. But everywhere you turn, there's, while there is a lot of like cool things attempted, I feel like everywhere I turn, there's something to complain about because there's so much stuff that's just not. The way you would expect or hope
3: for it to be. Weirdly enough, to exacerbate all of these issues is that a lot of the mechanics and things that you can do in this game are the same as things you can do in Fallout 76, but done in a different way with different key maps and different key bindings. So it's like... I I will go to like activate a new outpost but it's a different set of keys than in Fallout 76 and it that is consistent throughout the whole game and it's just so frustrating cuz it's like Bethesda I am I am the people that you want to impress with this. like I am the diehard Bethesda fan <laughs> that you should be c- catering to to a certain extent and so the fact that it's just like nope learn a new key set for everything is like
0: <sighs> uh I have a question the the digipick lock picking I don't, I don't understand that. And what am I missing? I love it. There's like the multiple really? layers. Yeah, what, 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 am I, just, what should I be doing here?
1: You just have all your lockpicks. So I, I like the system fine. I don't think it's as fun as like... I think the, I think things peaked with that, with like the Bioshock goo. Like, that's <laughs> all peaking. I want. I just yeah. want everything to be the Bioshock goo. Okay. And if you're not, I'm never going to like love you as much. But it's okay. <laughs> like, it's... It's, it's again, something that you can do. Um. You just goo. turn, you get all these different picks, <laughs> and you just like... Pick two um, to like slot in. So there's different holes like on the, when you're looking at it, like playing yeah. it. Yeah. And then you just pick like, okay, I can use these two. Like I'll just name them with letters. If I use A and D, that can fill like all the holes on layer one and then you slot them in. And then the second layer, but what if okay, it- there's a new set of holes and then you just pick the locks that you. Have. It
0: feels like it wasn't working. I don't know if it was just like different lock picks or what, but it's like there was a different number of holes versus a number of things. But this is the most boring thing to talk yeah. about. You might podcasting. have just messed yeah. it Some, up. Like yeah. I've never
1: failed. Uh, no, this sounds so cocky. I never failed there's it, overlap so. yeah there,
2: yeah okay. there's overlap to them so you have to I i usually will plan them all out before I start locking them in because invariably if i if I'm like, oh yeah, uh, I got it, like I'll I'll level two will be fine and yeah. then I'll realize that I don't have the right
1: yeah, I, I plan the layer out before point, I insert, but, yeah. but I only plan, like, one layer at a time. Like, I don't think you have to plan further than right, right, one right. layer at a time. You probably do. Uh, but I
4: ran out of digi-picks. What did I... Did I, like... Really? Yeah. Impossible. Like, on Neon, and then it was just like, so, oh, you can't complete this mission because you can't time lock I, back into this lock. Oh, that's weird. No, last time
1: they put a pick next to the the lock as well, I think, to try to offset that. Yeah. I never ran out because I got them a lot. I also, like leveled up like some of my looting stuff like you get more stuff when you loot and then one time i was at the store like once i bought that house which i grinded for like 120k to like pay mm-hmm. off that house like i was on i was working i was working in space to pay this off it. um which was totally worth it i put some stuffed animals in there and it's very cute looking but um one time i went to the store and i also just bought a bunch so i was like oh you yeah, have digi i'm gonna buy like, literally all of them so i had ended the game with like 20 or 30 left
0: perfect Um, Yeah, you talk about buying that house and I was kind of disappointing to to even, you know, tweak the house and stuff like that. But in my mind, it's like, who cares about a house? The whole point is you live on your ship, right? And like, you can customize that thing. And that's where you can like invite the crew and actually have them walking around there. And that feels like that's your house in this game, right?
1: I found the Have you customized your ship?
2: I haven't customized seven? it yet. I mean, once I stole the perfect ship, I feel like I can so, just leave like, it exactly I, Has as anyone best.
1: customized their ship here just on the I've, outside
2: i've done I've done some and it it's an, it's another one of those systems that's very confusing and took a while to figure out what i'm even how to even get things to connect but um, did
0: you get that nerd thrill
2: by the end of it yeah i'm i mean okay. i'm I'm, I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying a lot of these things while still acknowledging that, yes, they're rough or I can totally see if, if they're not clicking with you. Um, but it, but it is like my sci-fi nerdy, you know, I like that retro sci-fi alien vibe. And, and I'm, I like, and I, I do certainly have questions about a lot of the, a lot of the systems, a lot of the upgrading and mods and all of that stuff. And it's, I haven't interacted with it too much. I've, I've mostly just been like run around doing side missions for people. And, and I've been surprised how engaging that has been for me. And I think again, a big part of it is just the, you know, the aesthetic of it. And it's like, because at, at one point someone, someone sent me on a mission. They were like, Hey, like I was bringing in this cargo, the ship landed out outside the city. Like, can you go, can you go check it? And like, Make sure the crew's okay or whatever. And I went there; all the crew was dead, and there were there were just heat leeches, which is you know like an alien type that were in all the boxes. And I basically had to just go around and kill them. And as I was doing it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is a rats in the cellar mission. Like this is <laughs> I'm killing ten rats yeah. in the cellar, but it but it's still working for me on a level that I can't even justify because it's just like <laughs> I like I like space. The I rats. like yes, I I like going around and you know being a hoarding freak in these games (laughs) and like if i i i feel i feel sorry this this feels like another one of those games like elden ring janet where it's like if you if you're not on board with it you're going to have to listen to people who are on board gush about it and kind of overlook you know all of these annoying things that aren't clicking for you.
1: Unlike Elden Ring, I think I will very easily find a very large group of yes. people I'm that will also curious. not like this game. For sure. For sure. Um, I mean it just
4: it feels like it functions best as like like you like the way Jeffum is playing it. Like it's which is like not quite how I'm playing it either, which is like it you just exist in a fully realized sort of world of sci-fi, right? It's less about like the video gameness of like I'm going to see the end credits. I'm going to get all, you know, it's just like we built a world and you can kind of hang out in it. And that's where it seems like it's the most successful. Like I'm flying around and like this old woman, is just like, Hey, uh, if you want to come over and have some dinner, you can. And I just like, I dock her ship and it's just old lady who like made a bunch of cookies and talks about her perfect kids, like missing her. And I'm like, okay, this was like, I didn't have to do this. This was totally optional. I didn't gain anything from this other than some extra food in my inventory because she cooked too much. And it's like, that's, where I feel like the game is is successful. Right?
1: That was one of my high points, but also yeah. the fact that we both had that experience. Yeah, also, I think it's which, one you see pretty early
4: on a lot of people see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that's yeah. not
1: I don't need to have like my experience be the only like you know whatever like I know some people care about that a little bit more, but um yeah, that was like a cool moment, but that was one of the moments I had in my forty-four hours of gameplay. Yeah, game. yeah. <laughs> I I
0: am curious, Jeff. Since you just went back to No Man's Sky. Okay, there's a couple of big comparisons for this game. Let's just get it out of the way. Oh yeah, No Man's Sky, Jeff. <laughs> you you have <laughs> just back. been going back and playing that. I mean, yes. Direct comparison
2: has it stack up? Do, okay. So and and I just almost brought it up because it is one of those things where it's like that game has a lot of systems also that there's no reason to interact with them if you don't want to. Like, I'm I'm a huge right. No Man's Sky fan, and I spend a lot of time going to planets, walking around, mining stuff that I don't really need to be mining, taking pictures of stuff that there's, like, not a good gameplay, like, not a rewarding loop for, but it's because I'm, you know, I'm in the vibe and I'm enjoying just being in that world. And so I think, I think some of the stuff in Starfield kind of falls into that category where it's like, if you don't want to do it I totally get it. I I am it's it's satisfying to me because I want to be doing those things in the first place. The the other thing about No Man's Sky that I think it's it's unfortunate that No Man's Sky exists because because <laughs> Bethesda Bethesda has to fudge something some in Starfield. And and it's it's stuff that No Man's Sky didn't Didn't have to fudge like, you know, taking off from a planet is a cut scene in Starfield and there's just no way of getting around that. There has been a lot of leak leaks and Mm -hmm. talking about how like you actually can't just land and walk. Like if you walk in for a half an hour in a direction, you're going to hit a boundary. And I think at that point you have to like move your ship basically to the next, you know, invisible like all all those kind of things, I haven't hit any boundaries. I don't really care about those kind of things. But it is unfortunate that, like, we already have kind of the fantasy perfect test case of mm-hmm. taking off, you know, streamlined, you know, like once you warp to a place, I'm I'm still a little fuzzy in Starfield where, like, you warp to a planet or whatever. And then it's it's like you're not going to be like, hmm, I, I want to go check out what's over there. I'm going to fly in that direction. And it's just like. It just feels like you're spinning your wheels you in a are. way that it doesn't in no man's in no man's sky. Yeah, and and like I f I feel I feel bad a little bit complaining about these things because in No Man's Sky that's all there, you know, that's all there is and that's all there was. Like you don't have tons of very deep RPG systems and colonies and all these NPCs and all of that stuff built on top of that. So of of course they can put a lot more effort into like making sure you can take off and land, you know, seamlessly in those kind of things. But it's so it's like that it, that is ultimately a ding against the game. But, you know, I'm I, I guess I can play No Man's Sky if I really want yeah. seamless space transitions. That is I, I, can, I can overlook it being a cutscene, especially since because at some point it's like I don't need to see it take off. Just just fast travel me back to, you know, the colony that I'm going to anyway.
4: It definitely was the thing that I was most like surprised by that I came to terms with pretty quickly, where I was like, Oh, this this is not seamless. And not even because of mm-hmm. the No Man's Sky comparison, but yeah. because of the Bethesda comparison. This isn't a game <laughs> where you can just walk around to every point of interest. Like mm-hmm. you you are constantly fast traveling. And it was like I was surprised by that. And I don't and, and it was one of those things where I was reflecting on it. I was like Why was I surprised by that? It's not like they ever promised that it was going to be like a takeoff from a planet and fly to another planet, like without a cutscene game. Did they ever say that? I don't know why I assume that's how it was going to be, but it, it really, yeah, it really is just like hundreds, maybe even thousands of like zones that they've created that you kind of bounce between with a little quick cutscene in between. And the loading's good. Like I have not been annoyed by the loading or anything, but you do see those like little cutscenes a lot.
0: It it is strange, yeah. Just to like go to a planet, go to a moon, and just choose a location anywhere on there and it's like, oh this is wild. All right, let me Teleport in, then you realize, yeah, like you said, it's all just kind of like this zone that they've arranged for you, where it's like you're gonna walk a little bit and find some point of interest, no matter where you've landed. At least as I have found so far, where it's like okay, here's some random base on this moon, here's some, this over here, and so it does. You kind of have to squint a little bit to fulfill the full sci-fi fantasy, but it, you got No Man's Sky for that. Play these two games back to back, you won't need nothing else. Um, the the ship combat, I I think is cool. Like it's it's a simple sci-fi fantasy again but like you know changing what you're prioritizing in the ship like okay now i'm going for all power to lasers all power to shields like that that simple ui element i think works well it's like oh it's kind of funny to bring the shield down before i can use ballistic bullets on them to really destroy the ship like that's cool
2: yeah i was gonna say like the smuggling and contraband stuff is like just a whole nother you know like a whole nother system that doesn't doesn't need to exist but but you know clearly at some point todd hot Howard was like, we we got to have Han solo, you've got to be able to smart you know smuggle cargo, and so let's like let's build this out more than is reasonable for this kind of <laughs> game, but like that's what that's what Bethesda games are like they go really deep on a lot of different things and and you know there's it it's it's not always the most polished experience and yeah yeah hopefully hopefully the UI um and systems get some love over." over the coming months.
0: It's still in early access. No. Uh, Which brings me to my (laughs) next thing. I mean, knowing Sky, the obvious comparison, and then Jenna, just because you're still in love with it, like, is it tough to go from Baldur's Gate 3 to this? Are you seeing a lot of strengths of Baldur's Gate not carry over to this and all that fun jazz?
3: Did you say Jenna or Janet?
0: Oh, I believe I said Jenna.
1: <laughs> okay, I wasn't yeah. certain the only know. way I knew is because I haven't played time. because I've heard my name too. Oh no! Okay. And then he went Check in a different direction, and Check I was tape. like,
3: no, "Never mind." Uh, I well, it, weirdly enough, this actually this is the thing that I was going to say. I just remembered is that like the the thing that I. The things that I love so much about the Fallout game is that you pick a direction and you start walking and you're going to come across some people or a weird house or a city that's been destroyed or there will be something of interest. If you just walk long enough, you will be rewarded for that exploration. And that feeling is not very present for me in Starfield, Partially because you just have to like quick travel everywhere. And there, I did, there are whole quests that I did, which is quick travel here, talk to this person, quick travel back, talk to that person. You did it. You quested. Um, whereas Baldur (laughs) Gate is giving me that, is giving me that Fallout vibe where it is just like you pick a direction to walk in, you're going to find another weird quest of weird people and weird trouble. And like I was playing last night and I wandered to this area during Act 1 where you meet this old lady who I'm obsessed with now named Auntie Ethel. And Auntie Ethel is like, oh, I'm just an old woman. Don't let these boys beat me up. And if you're like, I don't know if that's (laughs) true. She's like, oh, well, screw you. (laughs) How dare you not believe me? I'm an adorable old lady. Uh, And then you can Go and follow that quest, and it's just so fun. So it, 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 Baldur's Gate, definitely giving me the Fallout vibes. That Starfield is not.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. What a weird idea. But sure, I can see it.
1: Yeah, like with the intrigue, and like I don't mean this to like push back necessarily, but I'm curious, like Ben, like what you feel like you go out and find because, like, when I like I did one of the side quests that's like completely survey a planet, and this is when I was first getting into the game and learning like what surveying really meant. So I didn't really do it that effectively. Like now that I know how to do it, it's like, you just kind of can land on part of it and then scan a bunch of stuff and then fly away and then land again. Like that's the most efficient way to do it. But I wasn't, I didn't realize that at the time. So I'm like, I'm just going to walk around, I'm going to scan my stuff. And I'm going to, you know, just kind of like basically roam the planet, which I did so comfortably. And I didn't personally hit any walls. But the things I found were like, you know, they, there's some environment stuff, maybe a couple animals. There's like, random gravitational anomalies that are just kind of like big statues or structures. And like there are sometimes people's little like outposts or areas, but they're not really like I, I interacted with one. Like they were under attack and I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to fight with them. And they like, didn't really like say anything to me about it or do anything. Like what have you found out there? Because I've I've gone yeah. on a planet and explored and I didn't really see a lot to do there or to interact with there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that could, it could definitely build that way. I'm still so early in it, but genuinely my fun has been, all right, get in the ship, go anywhere. It's like, Oh, I can go to Earth. I can go to our solar system. I did. I thought that'd be like they'd be saving that for the tease at the end. It like, well, it's like what's happening in our solar system?
4: Yeah. So, real quick, that was a that was an early thing that I was yeah. like another that thing that I was like oh this takes place in our solar system. Oh <laughs> no, yeah. I, yeah. I thought this was like a total we fantasy. Go to the
3: moon and make a moon base. <laughs> we yeah do. yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, and so genuinely, my thrills,
0: Janet, have been like going to our solar system. Then I went to our moon and saw that there was a base over there, and I was what like, well. did yep that's right uh, and I was like okay I don't want to use my ammo but I do have this weird mining axe so I'm just going to go into this base and just butcher everybody with this axe and then leave and, and, then wait, I, and you're d- wondering why the cops are like arresting you like <laughs> well, in the second you go like, to hey, why doesn't
2: Sarah like you I, I'm, I'm, only,
0: <laughs> I'm only a butcher on moons is my thing I abide all of no, on every different other zip code yeah, right? cool. yeah, what it's,
3: a folklore you've created for yourself right
0: and so then I went to you know uh, Titan uh, to check out that moon, I just wanted to see what that was like. I was like, well, I gotta get that axe. I gotta be the moon butcher here. And so let me just slaughter everybody in this space, <laughs> steal other stuff, and then leave, because the moon butcher, butcher <laughs> is moon struck butcher. again. So that is my level of thrill, Janet. It's much more than engaging with the systems and watching meters go up for scanning uh, plants or whatever whatever they want me to be doing. But I'm still having that thrill of freedom at this, at this phase of the game. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I honestly? Controversial? Hot mm-hmm. take? I mean... I'm enjoying this way more than I've ever enjoyed a Bethesda RPG, just in like the five hours that I've played, oh, but I've never really, a Bethesda RPG has never gotten its hooks in me before, and I feel like this one is like, oh, I see an open runway ahead of me for this thing. I, I'm yeah. enjoying it more than I expected so far.
1: The 210s are going to be a bloodbath this year. They could be. I, <laughs> Someone was talking about that. I saw the, the, like, the clip out from the Baldur's Gate 3 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Act 1 spoiler cast. Right. And like, I think it's going to be hell on earth. Right, like, <laughs> hell's empty because everyone's gonna be at the two tens. Well, they like, won't, you know what
0: I mean. It won't be hell uh, because everyone's <laughs> gonna play Hi Fi Rush again before the debate, and then it'll be a slam dunk, easy pick. I and can been, all honestly, on.
1: I've been I've been eyeing it on my dash for a while. Uh-huh. My um, hot take that no one's gonna believe that I th- that I think is true, and I don't even know if I want to commit to it because it's a little too spicy. And like, do I really think that's a little extreme? The ship customization is clearer in Kingdom Hearts than it is in Starfield.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, oh in that, and that customization is weirdly convoluted
4: right, we and kind of bad. One, are we one. talking about Kingdom Hearts 1? 1.
1: In 1. Come I on. spent time customizing okay. And again, <laughs> I tried to engage with that system. And it's not well made to engage with, but I was able to figure that out much more easily and it built some like, and did, did that much better and had more fun with it than I did in Starfield. Well, Can you just put
0: like slap thing. a cube on the side and then Goofy says good job? Isn't it? It's mean- really hard
1: to actually slap the cube on the side, which is why it's Bradley made. But even for this, like I just can't like it. I also have more fun dogfighting in Kingdom
4: Hearts right. than I do the Ultra hand just wiped I hate the to floor. Say it, I was
1: like. <laughs> yo i was like you guys did this better what That's
4: but weird. ultra hand just wipes the floor with everything because it's just yeah. like literally like let me stick things together and it's a ship that i can get in and like yeah but you, you would know? think
1: you can just buy the part it's not like you have to weld it onto there you can just buy pieces and add it but the again i will be interested i have not seen a lot of people do- i'm sure there will be people that especially for the review that have to engage with everything are going to deck yeah. their ship out in interesting ways. It, is, it is a late i didn't game do anything thing, with it like ship all. customization
4: I oh, really? think even in their like in their sort of reviewer guide Bethesda said something like this we actually kind of designed this to be something you engage with later in the game yeah. I so. did it at
1: the end because I literally had to because my ship could not couldn't <laughs> couldn't could, they like it cannot get there like I tried to you know, because you can like grab jump closer and closer if you don't have the fuel to get there mm. but like it was literally an impossibility and I barely understood what I needed to even add to the ship they're, like, mm-hmm. you can add HE3 to it and I'm like what does that mean? And I just started buying things. I'm like, I hope this will get me to the last mission because I try to. I'm trying to get out. <laughs>
2: that's why you gotta. That's why you gotta steal a ship that has two giant He3, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tanks already. Yeah, just identify it it. what mm-hmm. those tanks
3: look like. Spot exactly. one of those out in your
1: face. <laughs> you kill everybody them. on it.
2: That's it. I did
1: better buying. Put them on the
2: moon for <laughs> a similar
1: reason. Where I was like, I'm just gonna buy this because they're like, you can. You need like anything more. I don't know fuel or something, and I'm like, I'll just this one has it. I'll buy that one. I'll take the second
3: one. I'm excited about the ship customization, not for me because I will not be using it, but I am excited to see what weird ships other people make. Yeah. This is very much the the Tears of the Kingdom vibe, where it's like I, I'm I am not going to make a mech in this game or anything like that, but I'm excited to see all of the weird ships that people can make who are invested in that kind of, stuff. I thought it'd be easier
1: yeah. to, I think, do that stuff. Like mm-hmm. when they showed off like, Oh, I made a platypus ship. I'm like, that's going to be awesome. And then I'm like, Oh, I don't know what I am reading. And I speak <laughs> English and I do not understand what this <laughs> is. Interesting. They'd, yeah. Not a great interface on that.
0: Uh, Starfield, everybody. Who? Um, I am. I'm with you, Janet. I'm excited to see what the rest of the world thinks about this. It's definitely going to be one of the biggest on, talkers. of I'm the year. on the
1: plane when the embargo lifts. I think. I swear to God, I might pay for the Wi-Fi. Actually, you're going to because I'm expensing everything. I might sure. have you pay for the Wi-Fi just for your thrills because I'm I'm so thirsty for the content <laughs> on this. Curious. I don't know. Yeah, like, I was Super playing curious. it and I felt like I was gaslighting myself. I'm like, is this is this like supposed to what? What's everyone else feeling here? Because it was so, I, like, I've never, it's so, like, odd because there are, I think, a lot of things that are cool about it. it I don't think it's very cut and dry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Game either way, either yeah. way you slice it. I feel the same way. I'm really excited about reviews for this game.
0: Yeah, I know. I know Leo Vader is really has really been enjoying it, and I think he'll be on for next week. So we will continue Leo to kiss unpack death. Starfield. Ooh, I don't we'll know. Yeah, that's yeah. a little scary. That's right. Leo Vader is going to give the kiss of death to Starfield, ladies and gentlemen. It's going down in flames. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, we'll talk about it more in the near future, I'm sure. But uh, curious to see what everyone else thinks about that. Once they jump in. Uh, Sea of Stars, Kyle. Bum, 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 bum. The other star
4: game this week. Yeah. The big star
0: game. This Which is. Which people
1: are obsessed with, apparently. It has yeah, it a 95. Because they all have good
0: taste and are smart. <laughs> Wait, the Metacritic's a 95? I
5: think, like, I think it's
4: fabulous. like 89 or Jesus. something. The uh, views are very good, though.
0: Yeah, if you don't remember, uh CS Stars is the throwback JRPG-style game. 16-bit inspired, little little dash of Chrono Trigger thrown in there. We've talked about well, before. Oh, more than a
4: dash, my friend. Okay, a full
0: X-Strike of Chrono Trigger. Hang on, I'm looking at the trailer now. You can yeah.
4: literally get X-Strike. In the
0: are you serious?
4: Yes, yeah, you oh. can. Also, I just Uh-oh. saw a
0: clip in the B-roll, and it's just them fighting Lavos. You just fight like a Lavos worm thing?
4: i mean kind of, yeah kind of. okay I mean, that's <laughs> that's going a little too far but there's like there's all kinds of chrono trigger easter eggs even the sort of pace of the story and stuff
0: like well that. also trigger. the fact that it has what uh, mitsuda who's the composer for chrono trigger doing
4: some yes. music for the game is it like a main theme yeah. thing or what's the no i i honestly don't know and I, it's funny because i even spoke to them about it for the cover story stuff it's like he probably did like 20 percent of the music or okay. something like that Sweet. it was more than just like we got him for one track you know yeah
0: could we pay him to make, like, a new podcast intro? It's always amazing with, like, these legendary composers. And I guess we've benefited from this as well for our jingles at Minmax. But it's amazing that it's, like, they're just for hire. It's such a weird idea. Like, you can just hire Mitsuda to make music for it? He's just a guy that you can pay money for goods and services? That's amazing. Uh, but, Sea of Stars, Kyle,
4: you like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's 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 weird because it's, like, fundamentally, in some ways, like, the opposite of Starfield to, like, come out on the same week. Because it is a linear rpg where you're kind of working within these constraints but ultimately it's just like a really beautiful great story i like the story i like the characters and i like the combat a lot too it's got timed button pressing and it's like it's very much has that chrono trigger thing where it's like there's no random battles and you walk up into this one section and all these enemies you know jump out from the trees and attack you and uh it's just wonderful. It's great. Soundtrack's great. I, I really can't praise it enough.
0: As a man who loves Golden Sun more than his own family, is it like right. this is everything you want from an RPG? When you're playing RPG, you want an experience like CS stars. It's kind of like the the model in yeah. your mind.
4: Yeah, truly. Like because that like I'm not even like the biggest RPG person in general. Yeah. But like if I had to hone in on one thing, it would be that era, right? Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Earthbound, Super Mario RPG. Like those are the RPGs that I really like, and Golden Sun kind of falls in that uh genre as well so like it it definitely appeals to me as someone who likes those kind of games but it is also a game that like i would point to to be like this game will show you why these kinds of games are beloved like i think if you've never really played a game like this i think this one will be appealing to you i i think it's like a good entry point for that sort of style of game
0: i I know this is maybe strange but i've had this thing forever, where I feel like kind of the, the Western homages to JRPGs, I'm just so sensitive to the writing in them. Every time I mm-hmm. play one, I always think like, why am I not just going back and playing some old 16-bit RPG that I've never played? And I, I just, I, is the writing going to make me cringe at any moment? I, like, I'll take some JRPG cringe for the writing, but for some reason when I see Western developers kind of going for a JRPG style, it makes me cringe
4: five times as much. No, I I never really found myself cringing over anything. I I I mean, there were there were like tearful moments for me over wow. the course of the story and stuff like that. Like things happen. Um, I mean, it's not like it's not like one I would point to. You know. Like, especially in a year when there's like Baldur's Gate, when everyone is like, this is like maybe truly the apex of like video game writing and choice driven writing. Like, I wouldn't put it up there with that. But like, I was I was very happy with the writing and and the sort of content of the story and the characterizations and and things like that. I never I never found myself cringing and all the character designs are like cool. So like you'll you'll be meeting like new boss characters late in the game who have interesting personalities and like that I totally didn't expect it's it, it can be a very surprising game at times for sure.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, watching the the trailer, just like a quick shot of a boat on a world map, and that's one of those things. Like, yes. all right, you got me. I I'm in. I'm excited to jump into this <laughs> thing. So there is like a full old style world map that you're exploring, and yep, you get a boat so eventually.
4: That's yeah, you got perfect. a boat. Yeah, it doesn't take too long. Yeah, I I mean, I really. I am I I know I. the plan I think is to talk about it more with more folks yeah, when we get, get a chance to play with it next week. I am I do generally want to hear your thoughts Ben. I hope you get a chance to try it out cuz like especially as a big Chrono Trigger fan like yeah. there I I spoke with them for Game Informer's cover story. Like they're not, you know, they're not beating around the bush. They're like, oh yeah, no, Chrono Trigger is the 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 north star for this game, and we love Chrono Trigger, and we wanted to make something that reminded us of Chrono Trigger, and uh, I think they were quite successful. What what's this you were tweeting about? Flimsy hammers. There is this thing in the game. I. I have all but two achievements. I did all the side quests. There is like a two, like I was very completionist about it. I got all the rainbow conch shells, which I would, mm-hmm. I would actually recommend doing if you're going to play mm-hmm. the game. If there's, it's worthwhile to do that. Like doing but it before there, you finish the game. No, you, you finish the game. Okay. And then I would say you can at like it kind of does that thing where it like, well, I won't. I won't get into that because maybe that's okay. I just want to make sure
1: that, like, if I'm playing, like, I don't know the context of these shells. Yeah, go beat I don't the wanna, game. Like, <laughs> yeah. pick
4: up sure. the rainbow conch shells as you're playing. You'll see them here and there. Beat the game, and then there are things you can unlock to help you find them. So you're not just like blindly looking mm-hmm. all over the place, which is nice. And then it's like it is. I would say it is worth going to get all those, and then you know pursuing the ending again. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's I I <laughs> I found some. I found a few of these things called flimsy hammers. I have no clue what to do with them. And as, ever since the game came out, I've been Googling Sea of Stars, Flimsy Hammers, <laughs> and no one has figured it out yet. I don't know what it is. It's, huh. it's a very much an end game thing that people haven't... The internet needs to get on it. The game's been out for like 48 hours. Let's go, <laughs> everybody. Time of this <laughs> yeah. uh, Flimsy
3: Hammers would be a great drag king name. <laughs> I'm that yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, speaking of uh, 48 hours, uh, how long is this thing, Kyle? So I beat it in like, I think... Th- Thirty. I was uh, twenty-five or thirty. I've Perfect. been saying twenty-five, Perfect. but then I realized that I had played, had already played the first like eight hours of the game. So I, right. I probably played that faster than most people sure, would. Sure, but so I, I think about thirty hours, and then like if I look at my clock, I think I'm at like forty-five now after like doing all the extra stuff. Sweet. And like, and to highlight this game more and to compliment it more, I beat the game. I wrote the review. I turned it in. I installed Starfield on my Xbox, but I just kept pulling up my Steam Deck and continuing to play Sea of Stars. I just didn't want to put it down. I was yeah. I, It's one of those games I kept looking for excuses to keep playing. That's sweet.
0: Yeah, so it's on Steam. It's on Switch. This is mind-boggling. It's on Game Pass, right? And then it's also yeah. PlayStation Plus Extra. It's just as blasted as an old-school RPG can be on everything. So yeah. that's, that's cool to see. Um, will you lose sleep if it's not in the upper tens for the two tens at the end of the year is it to that oh, level interesting
4: oh man i don't know because i actually put my list together the other day thinking ahead of things like a 10 there's a lot of good games this year okay. i think it'll it'll certainly well i don't ever want to say it will certainly i am very <laughs> confident it will be on my personal top 10 sure uh okay. up there with zelda and pikmin 4 and stuff like that okay. but um would i lose sleep over and not being in on the top 10 i yeah, I would want it to be in the upper ten, I think, at this point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll be talking about it more in
0: next week, because I know uh, Kelsey and Sarah and I definitely want to dive in and check it out. Uh, but why dive into that when you have Armored Core 6, the fires of Rubicon, are flaring up once again, everybody. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, and full disclosure, if you want, like, this is going to be a great conversation about this. But I promise it won't be as good. No offense, Jenna. As I'm, I'm the I'm deepest dive, <laughs> as the deepest dive on Armored Core Six, because uh, Jacob Geller and uh, Renata Price and Sergio Vasquez are diving in deep on everything in this game for the deepest dive, which is in the bonus podcast feed if you're a Patreon supporter. Um, but then also over there on YouTube if you want to watch it, because th- that is just a dream team for covering this game. They, they are so much smarter than I could ever hope to be talking about a game like Armored Core 6. <laughs> so check out that deepest dive. Uh, Jacob's doing a great job. But Jenna, not to put you down before you open your mouth, uh, but big From Software fan, Armored <laughs> Core 6, I'm so curious to hear Jenna what you think about this.
3: left and right. And left. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm ra- I need to have my uh, my guard up. Um, into it, I'm into it. Uh, yeah, yeah I, the, this is, I mean, to to continue a recurring theme, uh, This. The, I feel like, Fallout is to Starfield as, like, Elden Ring is to Armored Core, where there's, like, there is definitely some through lines, but... I'm enjoying Armored Core relatively to the other FromSoft games more than I'm enjoying Starfield relative to other Bethesda games This is like those Bethesda free fun. standardized test <laughs> questions. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the fox is uh, taller than Kyle, but Kyle <laughs> weighs uh, less than... What? what? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Kyle that. butchers out. people on the moon. Uh,
1: <laughs> so
3: I am really enjoying Armored Core. It, it definitely... There is definitely, I think, a hump that I had to get over and I'm hoping... I'm still hoping I'll get over that hump in Starfield as well, but like... Because Armored Core is in some ways so clearly a FromSoft game, and in, especially in a lot of like how the combat functions and like the the UI screen for like swapping out items on your the whole i the whole Armored Core building mechanic was all like oh this is just this is so FromSoft. There's a lot. Yeah, but then the then to repeat a criticism for Starfield, so one of the things I love most about the FromSoft games is the espl- exploration aspect, where you have to fight your way through hordes to to find this new area or this new item or this new boss that you that then you will then be focused on. And Armored Core doesn't really have that. It's definitely like a segmented. You're in stages. You go from stage to stage, um, much like Starfield. But
0: <laughs> interesting.
3: For Armored Core, it feels more purposeful. Like this is this is the structure of the game. This yeah. is not meant to be an exploration game. And once I got over my heartbreak about that aspect, uh, I'm really into it. The movement it's so yeah. satisfying it's so good to fight big bosses in this game
0: yeah just being a mech stomping around and then especially like the first time you hit that left stick boost and it's like just go flying you combine that with like the sword pretty early on it's like okay this is a weird level of satisfaction yeah but are you a, an armored core person did you play the other games much jenna
3: nope never played okay. it i'm not even really a fan of mechs
0: well anti-mech interesting
3: Mech-apathetic. Mac, mac Mech-apathetic, mm. okay. Just, just don't care about
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre and just lovely to see the Armored Core series get this much attention. Like, Kyle, I assume we're in the same camp of, like, I don't know, playing Armored Core on the original PlayStation. Did you play the original at all, Kyle?
4: No, I, uh, I, I six is the first one I've played, which Whoa. I'm guessing is a statement, like, a lot of people yeah. are saying. Oh, and Yeah. I not, and I think I would even go a level below apathetic and say that I have in the past actively disliked mech games mm. because they feel so stiff and slow. Mm. Uh, Armored Core does not; it is not a <sighs> stiff and slow game. It's it's
0: much more Zone of the Enders than Mech Warrior, Yeah, yes, Zone of the Enders, yeah, in a
4: big way for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. But it's just it's fun because like you know I played these games on the PlayStation and then. I kind of bowed out after that. I think like Armored Core 2, I think the GameSpot review wasn't glowing. So I'm like, I'm good. And now just to watch it like build up this cult fan base that now gets to explode thanks to FromSoftware's po- you know, popularity now that Armored Core 6 comes out. It's just, it is delightful to see everybody losing their mind around building mechs in Armored Core. I never thought that it would get this much love, but it's, it's sweet. Um, yeah, like you talk about the, the mission structure and stuff. And I? I was really surprised by like how small these missions are. It just yeah. feels like so contrary to so many modern games. It's like, no, just run in, do a couple quick things, take out a couple targets, and that's it. Good job. Yeah. You can do it better if you want to. Try it again.
3: Yeah, and I, I, part of me kind of likes that. I do feel like the the chumps that you have to get through to get to the big bosses are really chumpy. Like, it does feel like... <laughs> It's you're you're putting your hours on the clock, but that's not really what you're that on the job for. But then when you get to when you get to the end of a level and there's like uh, this weird mech you've never seen before that you don't know even if you could build a version of. And it's just like it's just it's that it's that juicy from soft core of like, (laughs) let me figure out how this robot is going to move so that I can juke it and stab
1: it in the back or whatnot. Like, oh, it's so
3: good. Yeah.
0: Uh, Janet, what do you think of armor core?
1: Uh, it's cool. Honestly, Ooh. it feels a lot like um, skating. Like it makes me yeah. think skate game. Interesting. Like yeah. Games. Yeah. yeah. Those who, I don't know, have followed me for a long time know I roller skate in real life. Um, so I'm a fan of it in video games um, or things that feel reminiscent. It's one reason I really like Solar Ash because while that game has a lot of cons to it, like it feels good to move around. And I'm like, sometimes I can just hang out and that's fine. Um, <laughs> this has a bit of that... Um, feels pretty comfortable i mean it is clunky to the degree that you are like a mech but it's not it doesn't doesn't feel like hard to maneuver necessarily Mm. i I definitely think i have a lot to learn in terms of being able to execute on an idea you know in terms of combat um first boss wasn't too bad i got through it with really just some tips from chat where you know people are like oh you have to use like the sword for the helicopter yeah stay under you know learning how to do the stagger. So I definitely had to get walked through it, but I was able to complete that first boss a lot faster. If we think of, you know, again, the FromSoft comparisons, it wasn't nearly as difficult out the gate. While normally, like, you know, I don't know, you'd spend more time, like, doing the same thing over and over again. Like, I was somewhat surprised that i was even able to like beat that first boss and i know there's stuff later that's going to be harder oh yeah but it's like oh this is the easiest first boss from from, as soon as i got there i'm like okay guys this one of those things where like you can't beat it except for those who can and then you clip it out and it's like i beat 10 and killable bosses that you can actually beat. you know is it that and they're like no i'm like is there a phase two and they're like no and i'm like okay sure and not that i hate those things in FromSoft games. It's just what I expect in FromSoft games. So to not get that is like, oh, okay, this is a bit different than what you might expect given who made it.
0: I think the end of Act 1 boss is kind of that skill check from, from what I hear that is that equivalent of like, all right, you think you know everything, piece it together and go. And, you know, unlike... Uh, you know their last games where you kind of pick a build. I know people, you know Jacob Geller and the crew in the deepest dive mentioned this too. It's like it is much more about tweaking your armored core and going in like, okay, this isn't quite working. The thrill is in let's try different legs, let's try different weapons. It's really customize the heck out of this thing because you want to be switching it up depending on what you're beating your head against the wall about even more than. The standard from software game, but it, and the
1: the mech customization is incredible. Also, yeah, I spent cool. probably at least an hour or Ooh, more doing that. Nice. Um, I made Sailor Mech. It's the Sailor Moon themed <laughs> mech, and it Perfect. looks Janet, incredible. My heart. <laughs> and I'm so not gonna lie, Jen. I kind of bit your style. It's an ongoing saw, theme for this. Because when I saw, because <laughs> yeah, when I saw your character from Baldur's Gate Three, and you're like, oh, I like made like the Sailor Moon type character. I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm making Sailor Moon in almost everything. So yes. I was like, Sailor Mech. This is gonna be great. And I like spent so long like. You can also do a lot, like I'm playing on console, like PlayStation five. So it's a little harder to do some of like the custom images, like, cause you'd have to like mm. maybe get on a computer and upload, right, you know, right, like it's, right. it's just a little funkier for that. But outside of that portion, which is already very cool, like I saw someone made Kirby because you can import Kirby's eyes and just paste it onto a pink <laughs> mech. And then it's like, oh, Kirby Planet Robobot, if it had realistic visuals, yes. Ooh. like You know? Um, So I had a lot of fun doing that. I have to continue playing it because I have to now use the mech I made. Like, First. that's commitment enough already. I'm like, well, before it's like, I can kind of take or leave it, but I'm like, I got at least give it a couple more hours and see how it goes because I love my mech it's the coolest thing I've ever made (laughs) you can't
0: abandon that so I
1: have to keep using it I get it Um, and then also, this game put me in the mood to play costume Costume Quest again for some reason. <laughs>
0: because like, of the mech robot costume. Uh, costume yeah, because my only
1: like mech experience is Costume Quest. Like, <laughs> like the little cutscene of know, the guy coming. I'm out. sorry, like when I was in here. just play Armored Core on PlayStation One, you know? Like, yeah, I guess so too. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah my mech experience test. is gonna be a cute experience, okay. and doesn't mean it's not quality. Those are well, Costume Quest is pretty just okay, but most of the Kirby playing robots yeah. are a fantastic game, uh, and Armored Core is. Seemingly great, according to critical consensus. So, yeah, yeah sure, why not?
3: It's Can
4: I?
1: Can't much like my Baldergate question, which is,
3: what are y'all playing? Mm. Uh, what, what kind of build y'all make?
4: Oh, uh, I'm,
0: I'm running got, like, default. Left,
1: you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Hot> <laughs> default build. I like looked at. Did I want the different shaped head? And I decided it wasn't as cute looking, so I stuck with the default.
0: Mm-hmm. head I like that's a super cool. rusty default with a glowing oh. orange head, um, Jenna. If that's up your alley.
3: Yeah, I love that. Did anybody? I got the chicken legs Ooh. that make you jump up really directly, yes. like just like really small. Nice. I love that. I'm running like a super fast uh, close combat run right now, mm. where it's like I still got the sword. Love the sword. <laughs> I want more swords. I would love some sort of axe, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but
1: something that closes distances quick and slashes them up.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, it does
1: feel like um like playing it was interesting. Um, the vibe I got from it was like this is a really just the the feeling it evoked to me was, like, it's chill. We're kind of, again, we keep making, like, the Starfield comparisons. It's, like, the good version of something to do. Like, it's straightforward combat. Like, you shoot stuff and hit the crap out of it. Not like, so? okay, people, you know, you know what to do immediately. It's not as, like, you know, slow, strategic. Again, there's not as much out-the-gate versatility. Again, you can go into your build later as, like, Jenna has. But it's, like, okay, cool. It's something to do. It's clear what you need to do. There's not a lot of, like... I don't know, messing with things. Like, I felt like it's the kind of game where it's, like, you could pour heavy hours into this, get a pizza, and just chill and be a freaking robot and, like, wander <laughs> around. And, like, well, that's yeah. the vibe it has. And it's a very, like, fu- like fun vibe, despite being FromSoft, which I know people have from- fun with FromSoft. FromSoft is the kind of fun where it's, like, a dense book. Like, there's great novels <laughs> I love that are really hard to read. This is This feels more, like chill in a sense even though there is a lot of strategy implored as you get deeper but yeah, out the it gate is. it's like anyone who plays a video game could pick this up and like understand it in a way that i haven't that isn't always like the case as much yeah with from soft like yeah. the tips in the back seating i got in this were a lot more pure strategy rather than like Actually, you know, if you change the whatever, whatever, and then would, I'm like, okay, like, you know, that's I, fine. I'm sure Same. that's like, common. It's yeah. It's a different yeah. flow. Right. So it's, it's less a, fussy. I think,
3: yes. I think Armored Core is less fussy. Like, yes. it's, it's very clear cut in laying down like what you need to do and it's just a matter of i hate to say it i'm not gonna say it it's just a matter of working to improve your skills
0: oh interesting okay okay (laughs) another one of
3: these Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it is i mean it is less there's like there's less fussing that you need to do like sometimes you'll have to fuss with your your mech a little bit but like mostly it's about like just getting in there and, and playing around with it until you find the strategy that works for you. But it's so it's not as punishing yeah. as the FromSoft games are. And whether that's a good thing or not for you personally is a matter of preference. I don't mind the punishingness to a certain extent. But it is kind of nice to get into a game where it has that delicious FromSoft combat. But also you, you don't have to fuss. <laughs> that's
0: just right, it. You just right. don't have to fuss. Yeah, it made me think of this is one of my favorite little tidbits from an interview. But the first time I uh, visited from Software, we interviewed the studio's managing director, uh, Takauchi, and I was just we're talking about just like the wild success of the Soulsborne series for them, you know, and how that's impacted the studio and the reception and how much praise they're getting from other game developers out there. And he had the funny take where he's like, uh, "Yeah, in the past, everybody called From Software's games." Sh- games. It's one of those where we like, we, we double check the, the translation. It's like, oh no, he's just saying shitty games. Um like, yeah, everyone in the past used to say that these are all shitty games that we made. And then suddenly people said we were geniuses when we started doing Demon Souls and Dark Souls, but we haven't changed our approach to games or game design. You all just came around to it. Which is like, now it's actually seeing them come back to armored core and everyone's like, Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And it's like, okay. They still I mean, see it Demon, as a continuing trend.
3: Demon Souls is a shitty game. I'm
1: sorry. Wow, <laughs> really? That's the only one I beat.
0: But the really, really you
1: beat, yeah, I'm, I'm so impressed. Like, uh, don't be. I, I was carried to hell. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I was like, who's in my game? Y'all run ahead because if <laughs> I die, you guys leave, and then we gotta mm. do it all over again. Like, you know. And that's not to disparage what, because also you can't ghost people in until after you beat like the first one or two bosses. So mm. that was all me. And I, like, I beat that first boss, and I died when I beat it. And it's, like, a simultaneous death. Like, we both died at the <laughs> same time. It was very anime, um, or Shakespearean, depending on your purview. Anime. Um, and, and, yeah, like, I I liked it because it's so... It's simple, it's slow, it's closed quarters. It's, like, I, I mean, there's things I don't like about it for sure, where it's, like, okay, why is level one, like, up these stairs that you can fall down? Like, it's just little things that don't need to be weird. But, yeah, that's, like, the only one that I can wrap my head
0: around I think yeah, so with remake. I like it definitely the bad helps. one <laughs> alright there we go uh, <laughs> hey Jenna it's time you are quizzed on this um, do you know how this whole thing operates? Uh, I
3: think it's Patreon, if I remember correctly. That's
0: right. The The website that you know intimately, including the back end of now. It's patreon.com slash minmax with two ends. Go there, find a tier that's right for you. And remember, if you support us on Thursday or Friday of this week, uh, so the 31st or the 1st, Uh, we will send you an Xbox code. Um, But, thank you to some of our biggest supporters, and if you don't know who they are, Jeffem, I'll tell you who they are right about now. DoorDash, everybody! You know DoorDash, don't you, Jeffem?
2: Of course. Everyone knows DoorDash.
0: That's kind of... That's kind of the interesting thing about DoorDash. It's like, oh, promote DoorDash. Like, everyone's already using it. It's like, yeah, but they want students to use it in colleges. Like, they're going to use DoorDash. You guys, you <laughs> can all relax. Like, this is already a lot. Uh, but but uh, please play a piss. Please, please. Uh, they want everybody to know that you can get the back-to-school savings you really want, and you can get unlimited, unlimited free DoorDash delivery with a new thing called Dash Pass. It's just 4 dollars a month for students. And then they say, how worth it? So worth it. That's what they say about this Dash Pass. Uh, Janet, you seem like somebody who's used DoorDash in your life.
1: Yeah. In your I human feel like life. A, that feels like a targeted statement, but I don't know. Um, you know, what can I say? When stuff goes down, I need a little bit of help, and when I need help, I go to DoorDash.
0: That's it. Uh, with zero dollars delivery fees, exclusive items, and more than twenty-five thousand members-only offers nationwide, Dash Pass by DoorDash is everything you need to take this or to make this semester memorable. And for a limited also, time, I've had Dash
1: Pass before as well.
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, there because we I go. I got a free
1: um I got a free trial through my my credit card. Um, and y- like honestly, if you dash more than I would say. Pay two
0: times a month, like it pays for itself. So, for a limited time, you get 50% off up to $10 on your next order of $15 plus when you sign up for Dash Pass Student Plan and enter the promo code MINMAX. That's 50% off of up to 10% or $10 on your next order of $15 plus when you sign up for the Dash Pass Student Plan when you enter code MINMAX. Don't forget, the code is MINMAX for 50% off when you sign up for the Dash Pass Student Plan. Students, listen up. Uh, also, you know who should be listening up uh, People who have too many Subscriptions to things, that's right Rocket Money's back everybody Rocket Money is a personal finance app That finds and cancels your unwanted Subscriptions, monitors your spending And helps you lower your bills all In one place um, Rocket Money Jeff, are you familiar with these folks?
2: I've heard of Rocket Mortgage. Shut up, know, you Rocket idiot. Money.
0: Kill it, kill it. This is Rocket Money. <laughs> um, yeah, Rocket Money. Uh, did you find any subscriptions you forgot about? Any you paid for twice, you didn't realize it? Has this ever happened to you? That is what Rocket Money's here to help you with. Uh, They can cancel a subscription for you uh, That otherwise might be tricky or time consuming I appreciate Rocket Money because I went to the YouTube channel To see if they had any B-roll available And their entire YouTube channel is like How to cancel Comcast, how to cancel this How to cancel (laughs) this, it's a really diabolical way Because people find it and then they give a plug for Rocket Money In that so you know they're a smart company That
1: guides content man
0: That's exactly what it is, it's totally guides content Uh, But did you know that over 80% of people Have subscriptions too that they've forgotten about Did you know that Jenna?
3: I didn't. I'm
0: well, shopping. there we go. Rocket Money can help you out for this thing. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. We'll all be damned. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions, subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com. That's rocketmoney.com. minmax Rocketmoney.com. Rocket to the stars. Is not their slogan. Uh, thank you to I Am 8-Bit. This is really <laughs> they want everybody to know about Primal, the vinyl soundtrack to Primal, which is Jendy Tartakovsky's uh, latest TV show, on Adult Swim. Check out the vinyl soundtrack. Believe it or not, it's an I Am 8-Bit uh, exclusive, and so it's freaking beautiful and includes a double-sided fold-out poster. Uh, the music is gr- great, the album art by Jendi Tartakovsky and Scott Willis is fantastic. So check out Iam8bit's wonderful online store and if you go to that wonderful online store you can use the promo key uh, promo code Month, Cheese Month, everybody for 10% off of everything that's under $100 check out their online store because there's so much good stuff and help support Iam8bit please because they support the MinMax community in a huge way they support the MinMax community, this IM8 bit outlet, by shipping out a prize from their online store each and every week. Whoever has the best question submitted over there on Patreon. So if you support us at any tier on Patreon, you can submit a question that we will answer on this podcast. We're going to choose our favorite, and that person wins a prize from IM8 bit. And this week, it is the Behind the Frame Vinyl Soundtrack. So. All of us need to remember exactly what each person who wrote in uh, said and requested and the general mirth that it creates. And then we're going to uh, award that person with a big prize.
4: Ready, Kyle? Mirth is a location in Sea of Stars.
0: Is it really? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like middle and Earth combined. I mean, That's Kyle. fun. Oh, Kyle, I was going to ask, in Sea of Stars, Is there? do they do the Chrono Trigger move that isn't fun? Like one of the only weak things about Chrono Trigger which we kind of hinted at uh, with from software stuff is are there bosses where you're supposed to lose because chrono trigger has like three or four of them and it's a little annoying
4: no i i don't think so all right smart smart Um, is it
3: possible you just beat all of them because you're an elite gamer
4: (laughs) i mean no it's not but i (laughs) (laughs) kyle did you get a haircut you're looking good today man oh thank you um no not recently
0: jeff I'm lob a compliment to kyle please
4: I mean, I'll take them. Hell, oh, I love your glasses. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, those yeah. are kind of new. They have you can they have magnets on them, so I can put sunglasses on top.
1: Oh, it's one of those. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I love does. those. I bet They're that great. looks
4: cool. I bet that looks cool. David Dubbs
0: writes in and says, "Hey, crew. With all these <laughs> wonderful long games out, I find myself hesitant to start any because I'm afraid I don't have enough time right now to fully experience them. I'm also craving more short experience that I know I can finish. What would you say is your perfect game length?" This has got to change by genre. It's kind of a tricky 90 question. Minutes. Yeah. Ninety <laughs> minutes. I only say
1: that because as a people were talking in my chat about Venba and yep. i it yet, yeah. and I've just been playing it, yeah, too busy and people are like, oh, you got to. It's only ninety minutes. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, like I'll maybe I'll do it on the plane or something. But then everyone started joking in my chat that they're like, I wish every game was ninety minutes. They're like, <laughs> what would the ninety minutes cut I was playing Kingdom Hearts of Kingdom Hearts be? And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's so chaotic and <laughs> you <laughs> wouldn't have fit all this stuff in there. So definitely like. Some games do require more. I think if I can't get a short game, like, at the, at the 90, which I think is ideal, because if you stretch it more, it's, like, three to four. But if, you know, you just mainline, it might even be an hour. I think for, like, most games, the longest I actually like a game to be would be maybe, like, 20 or 18, because it gives 18. me space to, like, okay. really have time to go into the weeds without still spending that many hours. Yeah. So that's probably my that's- ideal.
4: That's where I'm at, I think across the board, genre-wise, honestly, it's like about fifteen. Because if yeah, I really, really love it, I don't want it to be too short. But yeah. um, even like RPGs, to... like once you—well, hit... the
1: thing is, like I got like a hundred plus hours in Breath of the Wild, but like it doesn't take that to beat it. And if it yeah. took really long to beat it, what am I going to do? Three hundred hours, and I know some people do. But, Tell like,
0: Jeff on that, please. Yeah, it,
1: it doesn't give me. I feel like I don't have as much space. I think, especially with so many games coming out, I'd prefer the option to go deep with the ability to get out that is the sweet in, a, spot. in a reasonable amount of time.
0: Yeah. I, 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 hear, I do like the idea of making the shorter versions of games that already exist. Like, I remember Matt Burks hmm. back at Game Inform where he was always demanding a, a new game minus option or, like, a director's <laughs> cut where it is just, like, a lesser version. But j- imagine if, like, I really feel like Ubisoft could sell, like, hey, here's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but we remixed it, and it's now a four-hour game. I, I would I would pay 20 bucks for that. You know what I mean? Like DLC. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, DLC yeah. just remixing it and whittling it all DLSC down. DLC
1: or something. Do something. There's something ah.
0: there.
3: I'm in like the five to eight hour range, I feel like. I loved Venba. My only complaint about Venba is that I wish there were more gameplay to play. <laughs> sure. Like, that's my only critique about it. So I feel like 90 minutes would almost be too little. And if there's a good core concept to the gameplay, like... It doesn't. It, what I love is a really focused game that has like one core concept. I think mm-hmm. Viewfinder is a great example. Yeah. Of this it has a core concept. It iterates on that concept in a lot of interesting ways, and then it excuses itself to yes. go home. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like I want to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, we all we're all feeling this is the moment, right? To, to end the party. <laughs> like, and I feel like five to eight is like the right vibe where it's like that's like a good length for like an indie game. They're not going to stretch themselves uh, or they're not going to like cram it full of content just to make it longer, which is where I'm at with a lot of open world games where it's like, you just needed more game, So you added more game, but that doesn't make it a better game. (laughs) And so I feel like five to eight is my golden, my golden hour.
0: Yeah. I I think for RPGs, 20 to 30, and I'm sure that's sacrilegious Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, but like, Mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to think of the RPGs where, like, after 30, I was like, now I understand these characters in a whole new way. It's like, I, I think I get it. I think you can say what you got to say and show me the systems you got to show me within 30 hours. But maybe that's controversial. But, yeah, I mean, it is amazing just how compelling. And a lot of it's just being in the podcast circuit, you know, and trying to, to keep up with modern <laughs> stuff. So it's, it's, we complain too much about that type of thing. But when you hear about a short game, it does... It increases my interest so much more like hearing stray gods like oh that's like six hours all right i will happily um, beat stray gods yeah like that yeah. sounds like a great Have game you? to jump in right now yeah yep oh
1: uh, how'd you like it
0: uh i liked it did you play it
1: no mm-hmm.
0: mm. did i tell you that it's like under six hours <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. I've heard from a lot of people that it might not be where I need to spend my time which mm-hmm. is very limited in such a hot yeah. year but
0: yeah. what if I sang to you Jenna about why it is where you need to spend your time
1: see I feel like I heard Jenna then right? yeah. I, I right. also Are heard Jenna but I knew he was Wait, talking really? to you I know I would have said yes I do need to you hear should, you to we should just start it. actually answering like oh, so which, <laughs> you hear a J let's just start talking it <laughs>
0: yeah that's smart Uh, Slick James writes in they say, "Hey, Min Max, what is your favorite robot?" This can include games, cartoons, anime, comics.
1: <coughs> the sassy Rogue One robot. Ugh,
4: oh, K two S O. Is that true? Right, I think so. First
1: one I thought of. Yeah,
4: uh, mine. mine. Cool. I like it. Tars.
0: Tars, Tars from Interstellar
4: yeah
1: oh
0: the minecraft okay, bot good. he is cool it's just like
4: visually how practically they did it and then it's also got a good sense of humor and it's like mm-hmm. also really genuinely useful and like life-saving and right Tars. Tars that's a good. really good answer
1: How like pra- when he runs thank you
0: how practical <laughs> was he
4: <laughs> i mean they had mean? someone on set who was basically manipulating him like a puppet and then oh, they really? i think they removed him digitally oh he's
1: just like little like legs
4: and then when it would when it would go full Transformer, I think maybe there's a couple of wide shots where it's full CG, but for the right. most part, it was someone like like um, like it almost functioned like stilts, like they were just kind of moving it around, you know? It must been and it was I the did. voice actor, I believe.
1: I know oh, it gets God. memed a lot now, but like, I love that movie.
4: Yeah, there's like great. so much good stuff in that movie, great. for sure. Although, I'm still annoyed
0: by the premise of Interstellar, where it's like, Earth sucks, we gotta go find a new planet, Earth's ruined. And they go to these planets, and they're going to like an all-water planet, they're like, maybe, maybe, and then you see Earth, and it's just like, it's like 20% dustier. (laughs) Everyone's like, we need Uh something else. Like if you found this planet out there, you'd jump on that one. What I'm saying is ride or die with Earth, everybody.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Earth over here. I mean, what are complaining about? Yeah. Yeah,
3: then that is pretty much what it's going to be, so. Great. I'm looking forward to it. I think (laughs) we'll be gone
1: though by then.
0: Even better.
3: My favorite robot. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs>
2: Perfect transition. Uh,
3: this is probably because we were talking about Fallout, or because I specifically was talking about Fallout seventy six so much. But there's a robot uh, that was introduced this year uh, that is named Chloe the Clown. She's part of the like Nuka World Carnival area, mm. and she's based on like the French nanny robot, which there are variants <laughs> of. But mm. they have like sloppily painted her like a clown. <laughs> and, and she, she's just a delight and maybe it's just because I spend so much time in Nuka World but I love, she has one voice line where she's like Lady G always tells me the same fortune, that I will pop the next balloon I have, how does she always know? And it's like, you're a robot sweetie, I love you, I love you so much, you're a robot, that's why your balloons keep popping, she's just a delight
0: She does look really good Yeah, um, isn't she is great? It Chloe? I want to look her up Chloe, Chloe the yeah.
3: Clown, Fallout 76 <laughs>
0: There's like the classics of like HK47 from Knights of the little Republic. Like, he's funny. He likes to murder people. That's fun. Um, <laughs> Kyle, I don't know where you stand on this, but like Mega Man, but specifically Mega Man Volnut from Legends. Like, he's a little okay. charming little boy of a robot. He's, I sweet. guess they are.
4: He's fully robot. All of the is. iterations of Man, isn't he? He's, yeah. not, he's not cyborg.
0: Mm-mm. No. Um, but uh, my answer is going to be um, Uncle Simon from The Twilight Zone. There's an old episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just I love just stupid looking robots from the 50s and 60s. And so the premise of this Twilight Zone is there's like just this miserable old man who's just mean and cruel. And then his niece comes to live with him for the last couple of years of his life because she's like, look, he's so rich. He's going to die soon. I'm going to get all of his money. This mm-hmm. is going to be so sweet. So, yeah, he's a dick, but I'll put up with it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot
1: of swears in this pod. Are we like now a swearing pod? Because I've been holding back for like, yeah, two you've years. Yeah,
0: let it fly. Father e- yeah, father. Oh, you became father. Now you're swearing. Yeah, Might that's the thing. like, I don't,
1: I don't give a shit what my kid hears. Like,
0: no, my kid has taught me some great swear words so far. It's really wonderful. <laughs> and you're dealing more with shit than you ever have before. I guess so. It makes sense, right? Yes, yeah, true. I think and so we should
1: have a once a year a swear pod where we can just it we can just talk oh. about anything, but we can actually swear.
0: Hmm, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I wonder in the ratings would that. Yeah, net positive or net negative? For I don't know. Us. We could
1: just—it would be—we could make it like
0: Patreon exclusive or something. I yeah. Uh, anyways, Janet. So the Twilight Zone. There's this mean old uncle, and he yeah, full uh, Norm McDonald. Yeah. There. <laughs> he eventually he eventually dies, and the niece is like, "Oh, this is sweet. Now I get all of this money and everything that he made throughout his life." And it turns out he made a robot that's just just the stupidest looking 50s or 60s mm-hmm. robot you can imagine. But the horrible thing is that she has to take care of the house and all of his belongings or else she loses the inheritance. So she has to take care of this robot, but he programmed the robot to be like him. So he's <laughs> just as mean and as nasty, and then she like loses it, and she eventually pushes the robot down the stairs to try and kill it. So <laughs> then it doesn't kill it, and then the robot just has a cane, just like the old man did. So it's a stupid 50s <laughs> robot with a cane like swearing at this little lady. So the Uncle Simon robot, yeah. I guess, is the best.
4: Wait, is it just the... Um... What's the show about the family that's lost on Lost in Space? Oh, sure, yeah. Is it just the Lost in Space? It does look a lot it? like <laughs> Danger, Danger Will
0: Robinson robot. <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh, Steven
0: Stitt writes in and says, "What's the best form of eggs?" Mm. Mm.
1: I love eggs. I Like over easy. Mm.
0: Over easy.
1: Yeah, I like the yolk kind of like running a little bit.
0: Oh, I can't mm. do it. I go. I go. That's o- fair.
1: Some people think it's nasty.
0: This is picky, but it's over hard. But then also just on some nice crispy toasted bread for a nice egg sandwich. I think that might be peak egg consuming for me. Mm. Mm. Deviled? Deviled, you devil, Kyle. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I like uh I like when you get the egg whites and you whip them up and then you do something with the egg whites. That's my favorite mm. variant <laughs> of egg.
1: So you're like trying to live forever with those egg whites.
3: Yeah, also, I started uh, your no. book, by the way.
1: Yes, yes, you did. Has yes. your life changed yet? Is it magic yet? It, it hasn't changed yet. It's a of book for people who have don't listen to every episode. <laughs> if you're not listening to every episode, you're missing critical lore. So we'll go the back. Lore. There's yeah. you have nothing but time. Um, but yeah, uh no, I have I'm waiting for to finish it. Before I do everything, but I'm excited. Yes. I'm so life. excited,
3: God. Okay. I can't wait to hear. One more time. Was. What, was, what was the
1: actual question? She's,
4: she's um. kind of <laughs> changed her whole tune though recently hasn't parenthood kind of marie kondo changed, yeah she's yeah, got kids now. oh yeah yeah she's she super i got a crap house
2: i don't i don't care i'm a millionaire <laughs> and i got i got kids That's good. it's probably <laughs> more the, the millionaire it? than
4: the kids part of it ah, <laughs> wow. i think
3: it. i think she's gotten older i will say i feel like there's a vein of anxiety that runs through the f- <laughs> that if you listen to it or you you read it you're sort of like oh she is stressed out about mm. stuff and that's a totally fair stance to take and she's leveraged it into a business but like yeah,
0: that, there's a core of anxiety
3: of there yeah I'm happy for her she deserves it I love her, her kids I'll better hope
0: that. her kids bring her joy because good lord
5: she's the problem
0: Owen McCarter <laughs> wrote in and Owen says hey man Max is the new standard of $70 for new releases really justified? I get that development costs have gone up, but some of my favorite recent games, as well as my most anticipated, remain at $60. Resident Evil 4, Armored Core 6, Alan Wake 2, all $60 games. So is $70 justified yet?
5: I kind In of my, think that.
0: My
4: yeah. thought is, always like, from the consumer angle, it's like, keep those prices low. Like, please, like let's not go any higher. I, there's, I don't want to spend more on video games. But but then like I you know I do hear the arguments about development costs and stuff and it's like all right well you okay I get it but like from a consumer perspective I don't care I just don't want to spend less on a video <laughs> well, game and,
2: <laughs> and it, it's also it's also like from a consumer standpoint like we just talked about how our our ideal length of a game is like eight to fifteen hours and so why does every game have to be a seventy dollar hundred hour game right. Packed with stuff that no one was asking for in the first place. It's-
3: I mean, seventy dollars for an hour or for a hundred hours worth of entertainment is an incredible value. Good deal. Like it, that is an insane value. But I would much prefer to spend like thirty dollars on a ten on a ten hour game. Like I would just mm-hmm. I would prefer to pay a reasonable amount for a reasonable length game. I I my instinct is that like I want to support increased developer costs. Right. Like, I want to, I want to support game studios that are making games that I would like to, to play. So yeah, I'm okay yeah. paying more for it. But I would also love for like game studios to unionize so that I knew that money was actually going to the people yeah. making the game and not just padding out like the people at the top, like the executives who are making the most amount of money. So it's like rising developer costs, I think is such a, uh, kind of a disingenuous angle to take into mm-hmm. account when you consider, like, where the money in companies is actually going, especially right. larger AAA games. So it's like, yes, I'll pay $70, maybe unionize so I know that that money is actually going to increase development costs and, and supporting the people actually making the game.
0: Right. Not Andrew Wilson. Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rabid Lime writes in. They say, hey there. Uh, so crummy news just hit. Me, 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 the developers behind Desperados 3, Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun, and the recently released Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew, all excellent, they say, uh, the studio is closing due to the industry taking a heavy toll on the developers and their families. Uh, this news sucks, but especially as Commandos was one of my first PC games and seeing a new studio revive the genre so well was fantastic but also is another example of the toll that game development takes. In the bigger picture, where do you think we as customers sit in all this? Are people's demands too high? Are subscription services like Game Pass not getting studios the numbers and money they need to keep going? What are your thoughts? I don't mean to be a bummer. That's okay, Rabbit Lime. Um, yeah, this, studio, this story really struck a chord, I feel like, with a lot of people, and the more I see about it, the more it's heartbreaking, because,
2: Jeff, you played these games, right? Yeah, and they are all great. Um, it is... I have not seen the story or or what their what their reasoning was. Um,
0: uh, it was just we we basically hey we can't keep going. It's taking too much of a heavy toll, as they said. But then also as a matter of like yeah, just for work life balance and overall success of the games. Like we got a we got a fold up shop here, um, which sure. is such a bummer from a studio that's been cranking out really well received games for so long.
2: Yeah, yeah. As soon as I I heard about that, I thought you know like they're great games but it is it is a very narrow niche that they have for those games and, and like uh like the reader said like i i found out about them because i played the original commandos as well and it is such an interesting genre and they were doing great justice to it but i'm i'm not surprised i guess that they're you know not selling through the roof so it's it's unfortunate
0: yeah it's going to turn based tactics for the for the genre here hmm.
2: Is it is it a
3: fiscal reason or is it an emotional like game development is yeah, stressful? It like Feels like everything from the writing of it at least you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I would. Yeah, I would be curious to to know in more fine detail because it's like you can be making money doing something, but it can still be deleterious to your soul. <laughs> it can still right. be like yeah. it can still be like just the act of doing it can be sufficiently bad that you don't want to continue even if you are making money at it, right? That's what burnout is. Right, yeah. right. And I'm okay. sure
0: I'm sure they That's kind of fuel each other where it's like, oh, if we were more successful with these games, we could bring on more people on the team and maybe that would alleviate mm-hmm. some of the stress and sure it's kind of yeah. feeding into each other there. Yeah,
5: yeah, probably.
0: Um Pate Rion says this is for Jeffum and doesn't need to be on the show, but I'm putting it on the show. Uh, I know he's a Mahjong fan and has trouble finding an accurate representation. He should check out Kimono Mahjong. I have it on Android. I'm assuming it's on iOS too. It's made by CyberDog Software and it's great. So K-E-M-O-N-O Mahjong, Jeff, um,
2: Oh Okay, uh, I that was like a kimono. Apparently K-E-M-O-N-O? Not. That's right. That's right.
0: Right. This down. is the part of the podcast where Jeff and I just send messages to each other.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, any other, any other Android games I
0: should... Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mike McCullough writes in and says, Good day to you all. Whenever you're consuming your favorite form... Of art or entertainment, do you ever feel like you know too much? Lately, I've been finding myself unable to fully focus on games that I've been playing or movies that I'm watching because I can't see the, I can't, because I can see behind the curtain, so to speak. I've been following video games and the game industry since I was a kid, reading about their development in magazines and eventually listening about a game's progress every step of the way from podcasts and such. Do you ever feel like you know too much?
1: Nah. No. no. And empty. No. I need more. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm too <laughs> dumb to have that problem. <laughs> problem. This is, I think I think
3: we have the same answer, but for different reasons. <laughs> it's like, I'll never know everything about how all these function, and every single piece of media has a different story behind its production. So it's like, even if I know how other games by that company are like, you'll never know enough. You'll never know enough. Yeah. You think you know enough? You think you know too much? No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I think I, for, it, it's. It seems like a pretty easy problem to solve, though. Like, just don't unplug look into as much behind-the-scenes stuff. Go live in a cabin in the production? woods. Yeah, go live in a cabin in the woods, <laughs> please, alone. Uh, I don't know. Like, I love learning about the development
0: of games, so I don't think I really feel it there. But I do. I do see what they're saying when it comes to like movies. I know. Yeah, that's what I was going yeah, to yeah. smarter people than me have talked a lot about it, and it, I maybe I'm just quoting blank check, probably. But that idea of like watching superhero movies it feels like we've all turned into executives of superhero movies about mm-hmm. just managing larger universes and like okay they have to do this because of this and like you know just seeing the the leaked um stills and stuff from like Deadpool 3 i'm not the biggest fan of Deadpool out there i guarantee i'm not but I, I think it's a fun thing that they're doing, but at the same time, it's like, we shouldn't know this much. Where, like, the leaked image mm-hmm. is them, like, fighting in front of, like, a destroyed giant stone version of the 20th century Fox logo. <laughs> and this is an example of, like, this is where we're at with movies, <laughs> is, like, just fully leaning into, like, we're all very aware of the corporate structure and the mergers and everything that's happened to get us to the point of Deadpool 3. It's like, there's something kind of gross about that. When you have to explain, you know, to a kid, like, okay, well, Spider-Man and Spider-Man's villains, they're not going to be interacting with the rest of the MCU because that's a Sony thing. It's just like, what have we become that we know all this and it's impacting the storytelling in such a clear way? It all feels surreal. So I feel that's it there. Fair.
3: Yeah, I guess I'm coming from an academic background and mm. the, the drive behind that academic core is like, you know, you you need to know as much as you can because that's how you get a fuller understanding and how you build build ideas and theories is like you you have this grounding of information but like i there are very few pieces of media that i approach as a fan anymore it's it's just not
2: how i live my life part of what kind of feels like it it makes this exhausting is that we're talking about disney for most of it like 90 percent of it is all disney and marvel and star wars stuff that yeah Mm -hmm. i'd be happy if i never heard more about how that stuff's produced
3: yeah
0: yeah, you should check out some of those assembled on uh, Disney Pluses, the behind the scenes for Marvel. It's really revealing. You no, know, they're they're so dry. <laughs> they're so unbelievably dry. Um, really, okay. I like them. Oh, really? I love yeah. them too. Uh, Travis and Fargo writes <laughs> you in. You folded
1: really <laughs> fast there. Is that all? That <laughs> right? so I feel more by the default too, then.
0: Okay, go ahead. I love it. Uh, Travis and Fargo writes in, and they say, Hey, do you bet that the 1997 hit film Flubber has aged well? I don't. <laughs> they say. They say, oh, we cracked Jenna. They say I doubt it. They say I doubt it, but I don't think anyone has seen it in over 20 years. I think that's true. We all have the vague sense that Flubber hasn't aged well, but I actually I check the data. Not one person on earth has watched Flubber in the last 20 years. It's alarming, dare I say.
3: You're gonna make me watch Flubber. (laughs)
2: No, I'm not.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, Ben. I have to know now.
2: I am surely the only one here who saw the original one of those movies. You were
0: there with your ticket on opening night, Big Jerry Lewis fan, (laughs) whatever the hell. My my ten cent ticket, (laughs) Uh, your powdered wig. (laughs) So I wanted to say, "Nutty Professor." It's not. What is the original movie for Flubber called? Crazy Professor.
5: It's just called Flubber. Um,
2: The absent-minded professor. Absent-minded professor. Wait, so. It's. It was Disney. It was Disney. Could be on Disney Plus right hang now.
0: Hang on, hang on. So Nutty it has Professor has two point five
1: on Letterboxd.
0: Oof. Ooh. Nutty <laughs> Professor was remade rough. in the '90s as the Eddie Murphy film we all love dearly, yeah. intimately in our hearts. But then there's also a film called Absent Minded Professor that was also remade in the '90s.
4: Yeah, yeah we couldn't
2: f- get it. We couldn't get enough crazy doctors. <laughs> yeah, um, they put they put the
4: rubber on the bottom of basketball players' shoes. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, I've right. seen it. You
2: but I it was I it was all practical yeah. effects back then.
0: It was. Yeah. Just a bunch of stilts. You're uh,
1: eating flubber up in these reviews. People did not <laughs> seem to like flubber. Is
0: that right? What is what are <laughs> yeah. the rotten tomatoes
4: for flubber?
1: No, Letterbox. Like Letterbox, Letterbox reviews are like my favorite things because some people just use it for the, like the memes, that so they'll just put like a little mm-hmm. silly joke in there and like mm-hmm. it's the best review platform I've seen.
4: Speaking <laughs> of best robots, Flubber has a robot that tries to marry Robin Williams's character, I think. Oh, I thought you were going to say it it's love for him near the end Uh, i thought you were gonna say speaking of best robot
0: bicentennial
4: man speaking of robin williams or robots his hit film that he was in that's bicentennial man is a movie that recently i I do this all the time where i just was like bicentennial man i'm gonna go read every bit of imdb trivia about bicentennial (laughs) man i have no no plans to watch that movie i don't think i've seen that movie what if i just went and read all the imdb
0: trivia Do you want me to, like, knock on your door next time and be like, Kyle, step out of it. You're doing it again.
4: I like when
1: Kyle falls down these, like, chaotic
4: holes. I I am, like, we were talking about, like, movies being ruined. You know, it's, I just, like, consume IMDb trivia, which is, like, not even really particularly reliable, right? Like, it's just people submitting their own, like, factoids about movies. But, yeah, (laughs) movies that I love, I just, like, will... But you don't love bicentennial trivia.
3: Man. You said you did, <laughs> yeah. You don't love this movie.
4: My most recent one was actually Theodore Rex. That was the one that I was like, "Well, I got to go read all the IMDb trivia for you don't, Theodore Rex starring Whoopi you don't Goldberg." Have to.
3: <laughs> What's right. happening, Kyle?
0: Kyle, do you need an look, intervention?
4: Yeah, here's Maybe. the here's
0: the gamble, Kyle. You can't look it up right now, but you're allowed to keep doing this and keep going down your freaky rabbit rat hole. But you need to
4: remember one detail right now and share it with us about the making of Theodore Rex with Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, it's fascinating. Whoopi Goldberg had a uh, like a, a a verbal contract, like she agreed to do the film and tried adamantly violently to get out of it (laughs) Um, and it was like just apparently just it was just a terrible set experience because she was like i don't want to be here i can't believe i accidentally agreed to do this um she violently attacks attacked the rex himself i don't know she did that but uh yeah my God! Uh, by the way, go hey uh, shout out uh, Theodore Rex's IMDb trivia. Go check it out; some good stuff in there. Are <laughs> you is check that it your out. get a load of this? Save it.
0: <laughs> That's right. Uh, Maria Player says, "Hey, Min Max Ben. On the last episode of Party Chat, your bonus podcast uh, for Patreon supporters, um, you said that Men in Black might be a perfect movie. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're right. It is a perfect movie. Thank you for writing, and <laughs> I appreciate that. But they say, what oh. video game do you all think might be perfect?
1: Yoshi's and, Island." Great, <gasps> Jeff, oh, You can't sure. say Tetris. Really uh, just to keep answer. it interesting. That's also up there.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yoshi's. Except for that long, long underground maze that level towards the end. It's just other Have than you that, tried it's getting
1: perfect. good, Ben. Come on, what this, does, I, yeah. What does that's what put the hair on the chest been? of the children who played that? <laughs> game. Do you are you okay. excited to play that level, <laughs> so Janet? So hairy. Am I? <laughs> there's no <laughs> way. Am I excited to go through the maze? <laughs> yeah. I. I'm down for the maze.
4: Down for. but Why not? not. I like,
1: know. I haven't gone through the maze in a long time, I will say. <laughs> maze is
4: optional, though. It sucks. Right? I mean, if we're being honest. I don't think so. There, well, there's two mazes, right? There's multiple mazes. One that talking, there's
0: one at the end that's called like the long, long underground maze or something, and it lives right. up to that name. It sucks. Other than that, yeah, no, we, perfect to, game. we
4: drew it. We drew it out on notepads. That's how we did it. When Ooh, it was wow. cool. That's, that's cool. That's cool.
1: Back when we had paper, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it,
4: I feel like you know it's
0: easier for like shorter games to be perfect, or it's like Portal One, pretty easy to say that's that's that a perfect say, game, portal, right? Perfect. You know, yeah, I don't Portal's like the fun. bouncy electric ball puzzles
3: though. I'm sorry, Kyle. What if IMDb had a
0: Fun fact, they're actually good. <laughs> I listened to
4: all the commentary Whoopi for both Gold Portal games. That, that stuff exists, and I loved it. Yeah, I with, love Portal One. I don't want to get, I don't want to send out the wrong signals here. Portal <laughs> Portal Two is the one that I point to as the perfect
1: yeah Portal Two. Game yeah, it's the eleven yeah. out of ten.
4: Wow, games. wow.
0: A uh, of uh, 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 like yeah, other big games that are like yeah, it's, it's perfect. Resident Evil Four, I think it's it's time tested enough to be like yeah, who's gonna yeah, who's gonna, gonna say that way. game ain't perfect? Reviewers, yeah. what the hell
4: do they know? I mean, Mega uh-huh. Man X One is for me like just the pace of that game, and it's not super long, and just even even the follow-ups, which kept adding new things to it. I was like, yeah, hey, you don't need all this. Just like eight <laughs> bosses. And, did know.
0: did you? There's some Mega Man style game that released within the last month. Is it like the 30 uh, XX 30, or something? 30 XX. Yeah. yeah did which you try I played it? a little
4: bit of, but I, I the randomized levels just don't don't mesh with me for a Mega Man mm-hmm. X style game. I lo- it feels great moving around in that game. Game I love it. Yeah. And the bosses are cool, but I just is like. I like Mega Man X having a very specific, you know, these levels, you're going to learn these, there's secrets in here, and you can even figure out great ways to get through them really quickly. So yeah, yeah, the, the, those XX games I think are well done, but just don't really quite scratch the Mega Man itch in the way I want them right. to Right. You're more of a BMX XXX guy, I get it. Um,
0: Luca Alberti oh, writes I do, wait, hold on
4: <laughs> I love how, how like fundamentally different that game is from Mega Man X on like every level I haven't played no X's yeah, oh, God, yeah it's an X game dude uh, Mega Man X 3 uh, was a prequel to BMX <laughs>
0: <laughs> Luca Alberti they write in they say hello crew last week I went bowling with some friends quit bragging um, and a friend of mine casually dropped in the conversation that they were working on a D&D campaign based on Metroid. My jaw dropped and my new objective is helping them finish it and localizing it for more people to enjoy. Localizing is interesting. I don't yeah. know what's going on here.
3: Interesting use of
0: that word. Into Um, But uh, that is like their favorite video game fan project. But I, then they also say honorable mention when it comes to video game fan projects for um, Rhythm Heaven Reanimated, which I didn't know what it was. Kyle, have you seen this? No, this is... I haven't heard of this at all. Look it up on YouTube. It's called Rhythm Heaven Reanimated. They take all of the little mini games from the Rhythm Heaven series. But the cool thing is they had a different animator animate each one. And so they're kind of like oh. reinterpretations of everything. But the crazy thing, it's very good. The wild thing is uh, it has 6.8 million views on YouTube. Uh, compared to the overall series sales for Rhythm Heaven, is 5.18. So more people, in theory, kind of, sort of, have watched this YouTube video than have played a Rhythm Heaven game, which is...
1: Isn't that kind of true about every game, I feel like? It's that the fan project than, is... Well,
0: well but this it, is like for that a fan... Just it been
1: watched. I guess, I guess I get what you mean, like a fan thing loved more than the main thing? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a good question. Are, yeah, What games do they have more Let's Play views than actual people who bought it? I
1: think almost every game.
0: Every game. That's
1: oh, yeah. I, even your like get... freaky tomato game you play. Look, <laughs> that... tomato
0: adventure is a noble freaky gentleman's <laughs> game. We all agree. <laughs> uh,
3: uh, I bet Five Nights at Freddy's. I bet
0: the people are
1: like, yes, mad Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. B uh, uh, bet writes in, they say, hey, mins and maxes, why is red the universal sign for bad slash stop and green the sign for good slash go? Because
4: green looks like leaves. Yeah, it's life. It's (laughs) life. Say
3: more, Kyle. Yeah, justify what you've said. (laughs)
4: Leaves good.
3: (laughs) Leaves can be red,
4: and
0: then but then they're bad because they're
4: dying. <laughs> I, was like a, I do like a red leaf Everyone loves the maybe.
0: red leaf. but uh, the leaves turn red because they're like don't come over here we're gonna die pretty soon so stay inside yeah, just, <laughs> go, like a no, go away no. go away uh,
3: what okay <laughs> <laughs> I know you're gamers but you need to have some basic understanding of how trees work
4: Yeah, I'm telling you, that's how they work. If they say, go away in the fall, go back inside, it's getting cold. You climb them and you do a handstand on top of them. What else do we
0: need? Green is out. Um, And then, yeah, red red is bad because of blood, right? Like, if our blood was green, then green would be good or better. Like Yoda. Yoda. Anyways, Drake, uh, (laughs) let's see, Brian W. (laughs) Brian W. writes in, they say, what is one of your favorite things, but you rarely get to experience it?
1: I, I joy I clicked. wow <laughs> why is that so uh, real <laughs> oh man stop kyle Bold, you heard yeah, us
0: true.
1: well I was, know, now, you know. I was gonna say roller
0: coasters but that's kind of the same thing <laughs> yeah, is, yeah how often uh, if, if you could like snap your fingers and go on a roller coaster you think you'd go on one every day
3: yeah i think yeah. so i think once a day i would do a roller coaster. in fact oh. i'm so sad because like one of my only desires was that i was gonna go six flags and Bunch of roller coasters, and I just didn't make it happen. Uh And it's nobody's
1: fault but my own, and that makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. If it can be any coaster, I would do the snap. But if it's only like (laughs) hardcore coasters, I don't think I would. Because I love like fun. Rides and I love big coasters too, but a big coaster yeah. every day would be distressful.
3: Well, okay, yeah, you, you get I'm to not snap. for the cyclone every yeah, day. Yeah, like here.
1: no, thank you.
0: You get to snap, but you don't get to pick the coaster you're going on. You're just That's driving. That's how
1: it's
2: <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> but it's a different one every like time. ruined it, yeah. So,
1: my um, partner and one of his friends play a game called Make It Whack where they theoretically will say <laughs> something good. And then the other one has to like find a way to make it whack. Perfect. So I feel like you just did that with like you can snap and go on a coaster, but you can't pick which one it is. I mean, it's, it's like, not okay, gonna yeah, be it whack.
0: it's not gonna be like a decrepit coaster that's like unfinished or something. Like. <laughs> I didn't think
1: I'd die, you know
0: <laughs> you won't die on any of them. It would be just so fun. To also, be like,
1: too, when you snap and end up on like uh, what is it? It's a Wonderful Life or whatever. It's like I don't know why I got shell a half an hour of my life for this thing. That's that a roller coaster. I feel there's like it's a, a ride. I don't know. There's a roller so coaster, coaster based on a,
0: It's a Wonderful Life?
1: Well, I guess it's more of a. Zuzu's pedals! Yeah. yeah.
4: Okay, it's That's, that's, a, that's a more of a dark <laughs> But also, <laughs> oh, isn't like it technically
1: that. on tracks in some way? Okay. Like, it's not roller coaster. Or it's coaster like getting or pulled no. in some way? Like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just it's like too a, enamored it's a ride. with
4: the idea of a ride with. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we all I would take that. You go across world,
4: it's the bridge. The same. You know. Uh,
3: you, you we all sound the rise, like Mary. The rise. Hold your hands
0: up, Mary. We also like Jimmy Stewart when we're going up a roller coaster because like oh Oh, 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 (laughs) as you're going up to the
2: top, (laughs) it's too high. (laughs) Uh, I
1: have not seen It's a Wonderful Life, by the way, so I don't know what what y'all are talking about.
4: Oh, you gotta go see it. The
1: Moon
3: Berry.
0: I feel like I've already seen
4: it now. Look up like best Jimmy Stewart lines, and you'll have the impression down. And like, I don't know. Two I think I'll look mad. at the
1: IMDb trivia. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, there's <laughs> going to be a lot. Dude,
0: that movie genuinely rules Janet. It's so good.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but it only got popular because uh, they forgot to renew this television rights for it. So uh, TV stations would play the movie on Christmas because it was free. And that's how it became popular. There we go. See, this is the kind of stuff you get with Kyle's obsessive IMDB <laughs> trivia. Yeah. Uh, wow. Or,
3: or an around. intro class to media studies in America. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Boom! I think that's
0: this where I watched for the me. first time. <laughs> oh, man, <money.
3: laughs> uh,
0: that's true. IMDBU. Uh, for me, it's uh, two things that I enjoy, but I really get to experience. I feel like once every six years, I'll have an Orange Julius. I'm like, I should have these more often. They're so good. They're so freaking good. Uh, and then the other one, it's just tough to find a good spot, at least maybe in the Twin Cities, but like cliff jumping. Not radical, absurd stuff, but just like cliff jumping to the point that it's so high, it, it freaks you out a little bit. That's like something I started you to jump enjoy. off a
2: cliff. You're a father now, Hanson. You can't be doing this anymore. Not on You just got
3: to do roller coasters. You need to get one of those roller coasters that's a drop. Yeah. Same vibe.
2: I guess. I guess Safety it's close. Harness. Yeah, I was thinking like. Should what, we put... what if you could snap your fingers as you <laughs> jump, and then the and then which cliff you're jumping off changes? I, I would take that gamble. How many cliffs okay. could there be? How tall could those cliffs <laughs> possibly
0: be? <laughs> All right. Anybody else got anything that they enjoy?
2: Swimming in the ocean. Swimming in the
0: ocean.
3: Oh, you could have that. You could do that. Not
0: daily. Minnesota. was the last time? Well, I mean, Lake Superior is an ocean. Seems what? like
3: you found the problem.
2: What
0: was the like last time you ocean. swam in the ocean, Jeff? Uh
2: when well, my wife and I went to Maui, which I guess uh, is sad because that was because they don't have oceans anymore. That's right. Okay.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh when was that though?
2: Um I don't know, probably like 6 years ago. Oh god.
0: Yeah, I was I was just thinking about it the other day about like it was like, "Oh, this is really some good peak life stuff was when i was in hawaii in january and i was swimming out in the ocean and there was a sea turtle and like being underwater with a sea turtle like six feet away from you you're just like swimming next to it it's like, well this is tough to beat this that's about as cool as it gets uh so everybody go swim with a turtle but don't touch them uh let's see uh what do y'all like for uh question of the week
1: I like the yep. robot question.
0: I like robots. Yep. It didn't I generate like a lot of
1: conversation, but I like the eggs. Yeah. different answer.
0: Eggs is good. Eggs is good.
1: But we do a lot of food, so maybe not.
0: It's a good sci-fi
4: week. I like robot. I don't know if like everybody robots. else has a strong... Yeah. I learned I'm about kind of robots. Chloe the Clown. Mm-hmm. Chloe does look
0: cool. That's right. Okay. Uncle
4: Simon or... Yeah, don't forget it.
0: <laughs> uh, there we go. Slick James, everybody. Congratulations. You won uh, the behind-the-frame vinyl soundtrack for my mate, but... Uh, now it's time for something that we prefer to call get a load of this. It's
3: weird not hearing it. I know, we right? so used to hearing well, it. You can
0: hear it in your soul now. Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> Jenna, what do you have for get a load of this?
3: Um, I get a little of this. Is I've been re-reading 1984, uh, and this book slaps. It's an incredible <laughs> book. <laughs> it's, a really it's really slaps. 1984 good. slaps. I don't know if in the last time any of y'all read it. I presume I just take for granted that anybody who was uh, raised in the American school system probably had to read it at some yeah. point. Uh, but it's worth revisiting. It's really good. It's incredibly well written. It's uh, so easy to read, but it has such interesting and complex thoughts. I am working on a video essay for my video essay channel that uh, is going to end up involving a lot more of this book than I thought it was going to be when I started rereading it. Um, But it's just really good. Highly recommended.
0: I remember I had a weird experience reading it because my dad like sat me down on his knee and told me the story of 1984 (laughs) when I was a wee lad. And I remember he said, I'm trying to remember if if it, I may be flipping it, but he said, He's like, yeah, so it's all about this uh, terrible society and it's uh, super controlling and there's one guy and he just can't get out but then they tear the terrible evil society down and they rebuild but then they accidentally rebuild and it's exactly the same. Oh, okay. And then I read the book and Remember correctly, that does not happen. They do not win in the end in any way, right? <laughs> okay. okay, no spoilers.
3: Good. That's, yeah. But in the context of the book and what I'm going to talk about with the book, that's a really funny thing for Ooh. him to have done. All right. <laughs> Let me reimagine this book for you with a happy ending.
0: Right. But then also, is it twist happy? It's confusing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, get a lot of this. Uh, our friends over there at Good Vibes Gaming... They have uh, that YouTube channel. We've had guests of uh, theirs over on our shows with Steve Bowling and whatnot. But uh, they had a video that I just loved. I'm a sucker for this clean headline, which is the Wii feature. Oh, this Wii feature beats Switch, PS5, and Xbox. I feel like they changed the title. I forget what it was before. The point is it's all about the uh, message board system on the original Wii and specifically how you could take screenshots before the generation where we all think that oh you can take easy screenshots you know starting with what ps4 and xbox one and obviously switch and all that stuff um but they were talking about like how certain games on the wii you could take screenshots for like kirby's epic yarn the re-release of metroid prime pokemon snap on the wii virtual console you could take screenshots and it would go to your wii message board which i completely forgot but they were talking about like just how cool the message board was for certain games would use it in a really interesting way like there's a game there's a horror game called the calling or calling do you remember this one kyle no, uh, I don't. so it's an obscure horror game, but apparently there's like an optional jump scare deep in the game where just a crazy ghost lady would be like, ah, jump out and scare you if you go down this one hallway a certain way or something. And if you trigger that kind of obscure jump scare from this uh, wild person in the game, Wild Ghost. Then you get a new message in your Wii message board, and it's like a red message, and it just says, I found you. <laughs> and it's like one of the few games that actually like sends a message like this, and it's just this deep cut horror game trying to take advantage of that Wii message board system in a more unique way. So.
3: And you know it's evil because it was in red. That's exactly <laughs> I was right. That, Stay right.
0: away from it.
4: It's uh, like blood. Blood. Uh, Kyle, what do you got? Hey, uh, get a load of this. In 1992, after a series of meetings, Whoopi Goldberg made a verbal agreement for <laughs> <with Mr. laughs> uh, Richard Gilbert a- Aberson to star in the film for $5 wow. million dollars plus yeah. back end. No, I'm not yeah. going to read all that. Um, I don't know if this is true, um, but a I great it really... Way to start. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't research this, uh, but on Reddit I saw this thing. Get a load of this. It hasn't happened since 1936, but a reminder that if an NHL game goes to a sixth overtime they drop the second puck.
1: What? what? No. Yeah, right. oh, Shut up. No. Like, what? We need more um, of this kind of chaos.
4: Yeah. Then, I, yeah. Love,
3: I chaos want chaos. that to be true, but I don't know.
4: And then there was a follow-up. Again, I, I didn't research or confirm any of this. We <laughs> okay. but they said, uh, per rules, in the event of a seventh overtime, which has never happened, five pucks are in play Shut and a up. face-off is taken simultaneously at all five face-off circles with each team playing 15 players plus goaltenders at once. I
0: like it. Uh, <laughs> I, see,
4: <hockey's, laughs>
5: hockey seems
0: cool because like they already have a little bit of that energy. Even just like the pulling the goalie thing. It's like, that's one of the few sports rules I learned. It's, like that's a cool idea. Like if you want to risk it, you can, you can have your goalie just skate out yeah. and do whatever they want, but your goals. My no, garden no. And, and, and one, they, one
4: more, one more quick. And then there was, there's the last one. Um, Rules for an eighth overtime, which again has never happened in the (laughs) NHL, are sealed inside a red envelope, which has not been opened (laughs) since 1917. In a Wee message board? (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh my god. So I, they, should, again, they should make this the first over that all of yes, this should happen yes in the first start with that overtime. but uh,
4: yeah no, no no confirmation if that's true please let, <laughs> let us know in the comments but i no. love all that that's like should i start watching hockey absolutely <laughs> that?
1: how can we rig this i'm yeah, into
4: exactly.
0: i'm into overtime hockey only <laughs> yeah, right. uh janet what do you got
1: uh, get a load of this as the Resident Horizon stan. I do have to shout out that there's going to be a Horizon cookbook called Taste of the Seven Tribes. And also someone in the replies said, Raccoon Casserole about to go off, which is hilarious. I love <laughs> these like, snarky replies. But I am curious as to, you know, cooking plays a big role in that game, depending on how you play it, I guess. Um, so yeah, and I like game cookbooks. So we'll see if I can snag a copy of this. I think it comes out like in April, but it's up for pre-order now. So,
2: sweet, you know. sweet. Jeff, um... Uh, Get a load of this. This was a YouTube video from a a streamer named Punchy. And it was called, Can You Beat Resident Evil 2 Without Walking? Um, And so it's it's like a full um, kind of breakdown of like just the mechanisms behind it and him trying to figure out if you can do it. And he he weaves it into a really um, interesting and entertaining uh, story about his playthrough trying to do it.
0: Sweet, nice. uh, I did, love you, those. did you pull one from the community, Jeff by chance?
2: I did sweet, get a load of this I will part two uh this is from let's see Nick from exoprimal uh and it is an inquire article that's uh, that's entitled "A group of Philadelphians erased one point six million in local <laughs> medical debt um and the idea is basically like this group of friends got together and they. Raised seventeen thousand dollars, and that was enough to buy one point six million dollars worth of medical debt. Uh, and then they just burned it all and said, "You know, those people don't have to pay it because apparently once it, once medical debt go gets to a point where it, like the hospitals haven't been able to collect it, and they don't think they will be able to, they just like auction it off for like pennies on the dollar. And oh. apparently anyone can buy it. Why would you buy Which it? Seems because
3: you can buy it for extremely cheap and then forgive that debt so the people who owe an extreme amount of medical debt that they will never be able to pay off don't have to worry about it anymore.
2: So that other collection agencies don't buy it instead and okay. use heavy handed tactics. So
0: there is okay, so there is some darker side to it, it's not just like a generous thing that hospital I mean, offers. That,
2: that's that's where it like usually goes to, but this but yeah. these people just said, Hey, why don't right. we just buy it ourselves and then just forgive it? Cool. Yeah. There we go. So it's
3: part it's part of a larger group called uh Rip Medical Debt and it, it genuinely is like they buy medical debt for significantly li- relatively little amount and then forgive it so that people who are suffering from a huge amount of medical debt don't have to worry about that while also suffering from pretty major debilitating diseases is, and things. Is-
4: is it like a non-profit? Like, do they take yes. donations and stuff? That's
3: yes. Cool. Yeah. And okay. it, they do a lot of, like, local community work. So the, the one that you're referencing in particular, and you can find them. It's RIP Medical Debt. It's really worth looking that? up. RIP Medical Debt. <laughs> right. uh, and it, this is what they do is that they they support people, like, buying local medical debt for their community. And it, it's, like, they help facilitate that. And then you buy you can buy it for, like, a uh, $1,000 and then... Save somebody else ten thousand dollars worth of money. So it's it's a yeah. I mean That's it's really cool. it's it's working to fight a really insane uh, system yeah, of medical debt that we have in this.
2: It's a it's a heartwarming story that only exists because we live in a dystopia. So <laughs> sure,
4: Kind <Yeah. laughs> of a theme of uh. <laughs> <I'll get laughs> a one of this <laughs>
0: hey, time for plugs, everybody! Let's turn this dystopia into a utopia. Um, Jenna, what, what would you like to plug?
3: Uh I am going to be at PAX this weekend. Yeah. PAX West. I'm a special guest. So I'll be on some <laughs> panels. Uh, I'll be on I'll be hosting the PAX panel show, which is gonna be a lot of fun. It's me and just the whole staff of Giant Bomb basically Friday. Oh 8 p.m. at the Blue Jay Theater. Saturday, I'm going to be running a debate club with Shelby and Matt from Girlfriend Reviews. Mm. So I'm going to be facilitating that Saturday at 3.30 at the Blue Jay Theater. And then I'm going to be on the Jackbox panel on Sunday at 3 o'clock at the main theater.
0: Do you play Jackbox on the panel?
3: Yes, we're playing not just Jackbox, but new Jackbox games that I've never before seen.
0: Do you get time with the games before? Because I can't imagine anything scarier than playing a new Jackbox <laughs> game where you're expected to know the rules and or be funny in front of a crowd.
3: They are demoing them at PAX. So if okay. I can get away and I'm, I'm going to make the time because of exactly what you're describing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to test them out before <laughs> before doing it live for the... Time on stage.
0: Sweet. Um, yeah. Speaking of PAX, uh Jenna Garcia will be there as well. Kelsey Lewin will be there. kelsey is gonna be uh stationed in the Pink Gorilla booth, uh her game store, but you can go say hello to any of them, I presume. Uh Janet, how are you feeling about PAX?
1: Excited, you know, it'll be it's always fun to see people. <clears throat> it's interesting because this will be one of my chiller packses. I'm really just doing the Nintendo like live yeah. vlog mm-hmm. and then hanging out. Um so I'm excited to not be doing as much work as i normally am doing when i go to pax um so yeah should be fun
0: sweet uh so please say hi yeah and then we're gonna be checking out yeah nintendo live which is their their space the first time bringing it to the states and whatnot so we'll be making a travel log all about that stuff um let's see on the min max side of things we have the deepest dive in armored core 6 happening right now again check it out on youtube or in the bonus podcast feed it's a very very uh, great conversation about armored core 6 so far um, also, if you like big spoiler discussions, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, Act 1. We just posted a uh, Max Spoilers all about that. It is with Hayley McLean and Sarah Podzorski, and they dive in deep on all things Act 1, Baldur's Gate 3. It's funny. There's so many YouTube comments that are like, I... I love Baldur's Gate 3, and I had no idea all this stuff was possible. Like, everybody has such a wildly different path, especially through Act One, that it's fun to hear a spoiler discussion about that. So again, that's on YouTube or in the bonus podcast feed. Um, also, shout out to Haley McLean, our community manager, because she won, uh, her show won the New Show Plus show this week. And it is truly one of the wildest, but best New Show Plus shows we've ever had, where it is Haley, who's a lawyer, walking through the fine print details of end user license agreements. And like what you should know about them and comparing different game companies and user license agreements. Like if you're a nerd for law or just a nerd for people who really know their stuff, <laughs> you should check yep. out that Neutral plus episode with, with Haley. It's up on YouTube right now. It's fun. Um, but, uh, let's see in the bonus podcast feed. If you're a Patreon supporter, um, you got the deepest dive from Record six, you have the Baldur's gate three max spoilers. You have party chat or weekly bonus podcast. And then also this Friday, we will be posting the full video game spelling bee. That we recorded last weekend. We were at 2D Con in Minneapolis, and uh, thanks to everybody who came out and said hi. We recorded a full video game spelling bee, and it was myself and Leo Vader and Sarah Podorsky, and the special guest was Dan Reichert from Giant Bomb, who loves video game and spelling. And Jeffem, believe it or not, Dan Reichert really wanted to compete in the video game spelling bee, but he he genuinely wins standard spelling bees. They have like a drinking spelling bee in Minneapolis here, and Dan does absurdly well at it like he's a really good speller and it's like you can't just throw him in the mix he's going to dominate everybody so we made a custom Dan lane of words that he had to spell <laughs> which were they were medium level words from some of his favorite games of all time but the twist Jeffham, was he could choose to try and spell a word whenever he wanted and every word he got right he got a starburst his favorite candy but if he spelled the word wrong I plucked out one of his giant stupid beard hairs Uh, on the panel so if you want to hear Dan Riker gamble (laughs) with his video game spelling abilities and also a bunch of nice people competing in video game spelling bee that is in the bonus podcast feed if you're a supporter there's also a video version up this Friday so uh, you can unlock all that stuff and reminder you get a free Xbox game if you support us at any tier on Patreon even that $2 tier uh, Thursday or Friday we'll ship you An Xbox code via Patreon messaging for the first 220 people at least that sign up. I I don't think we'll crack that, but I'd be amazed and humbled if we did. Um, Anything else anybody wants to plug?
1: Uh, Yeah, I got to plug. And then I also have a quick question. Please. Drinking Spelling Bee. Yeah. Do you drink when you get it right? Do you drink when you get it wrong? Are you just drinking the whole time? Yep. What is that? If you get
0: it, this is in Minneapolis, the 331 Club. If you get it right, you get another free drink ticket. So you don't Ooh, have to drink okay. on stage. It's just you get the reward for getting <laughs> See, to the next round is you get it, and so I thought so these were people
1: progressively getting drunker, actively while also yeah. like slur spelled. Okay, you are,
0: <laughs> you are. If you if you keep up with the tickets, you are at least, yeah. Nice.
1: Uh, my plug is that um, I am on a new podcast. Um, this many was not enough, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing the Indie Council podcast. Uh, it's me. It's Jill from Indie Informer. It's Mike from 6-1 Indie. Uh, and it's Jenny, a.k.a. Kim Chica, who does, like, a bunch of different work in influencer marketing and a million other pieces of content. Uh, Yeah, it is mostly weekly. I think we missed the last like one or two weeks because of weird schedule stuff, but it's news, it's game recommendations, it's deep dives into topics related to the indie industry. And across the four of us, we have people from PR, marketing, influencer work, development, community management, content creation, and more. So if you're looking to get into indie stuff uh, or to hear more about the indie space, I recommend searching The Indie Council. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's like throughout youtube on our different channels individually um at me if you can't find it i will send you a direct link because the search isn't all the way up there yet you know it's a pretty new podcast only a couple episodes uh but check it out currently five stars on spotify of seven (gasps) reviews sure damn a a dub's a dub so come through And, and the name
0: one more time is
1: the indie council the
0: indie council check it out everybody Um, and thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon, especially people who support us at the $50 uh, $50 tier on Patreon, the game champion tier. You're at that tier. You're in the description for every MinMax video and podcast with the game. You're officially the champion of and you could be just like Malcolm Holiday, who is the champion of Breath of Fire 3. Uh, Trampoline Tales is the champion of Luck Be a Landlord, which is their own game. Uh, Patrick Polk is the champion of Exoprimal. Zachary Pliggy, of course, is the champion of Superman 64. PrettyGoodPrinting.com, our dear friends over there, they're the champion of Jazz Jackrabbit. And Clemens Zobel is the champion of the game that I feel like we all forgot existed way too soon. Sid Meier's Civilization Beyond Earth, officially the champion. Great pick all right that's it thanks so much everybody jenna nice to hear your voice again thanks for everything you did and everything you did in this episode as well thank you sweet and we'll see you next week folks uh for more starfield talk and a whole lot more so until next time be good have fun let's go